Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. We are presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Hey, it's Jay Zawoski here with Greg Boyson, Mario Tirabasi. It is a big day on the NHL calendar. It is a very exciting day for it to be my first day here, uh, officially full-time at CHGO Blackhawks. Woo! Super excited. We've been here all morning waiting for trades to happen, and then the trade happened really early. And not much has happened since. <laughs> so here we are. We got a lot of Mark Andre Fleury conversation ahead. Yeah, uh, all, it looks like all heck is breaking loose as soon we, as we. Uh, yeah, got we are here, we are going so. live right at the perfect time. <laughs> Thank you, NHL DMs, for giving us uh, our content at the very last moment, <laughs> as they do. That yeah, well, couldn't uh, couldn't happen any. But yeah, Mark Andre Fleury, of course, that's what uh, we've been talking about for. Ever, it seems, uh, since the inception of the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Uh, hard to really be upset about that deal after uh, you consider everything that's happened this season. Well, it's really funny the way the Blackhawks are spinning this trade. They're calling it a conditional first when it's really Which, a conditional second. Yeah. From the Minnesota Wild. If you missed a trade, if you've been holding out all day to see us break it, Hours after it occurs, <laughs> here's what it is. The Hawks get a, now this is the Blackhawks phrasing, a 2022 conditional first-round pick from the Wild in exchange for goaltender Marc-Andre Fleury. Now, the reality of this is it's a second-round pick unless the Wild advance to the Western Conference Final and Marc-Andre Fleury records four or more of those victories. If that happens, it becomes a first-round pick and what we've learned is, well, we sort of knew this going in, but we learned it as the day went on, that the Hawks' options were pretty limited with Marc-Andre Fleury. He's got a 10-team no-trade list. They also sort of made a handshake agreement when he agreed to come to the Hawks uh, last summer that anything they would do, they would get his approval on. And uh, the term I saw was very slim list of options for the Hawks to trade to. So to get even a conditional first-round pick to me, for a guy you gave up basically nothing to get, uh, 
it's a win. It's this is how you rebuild. It can be ugly. It can be painful. Um, but look, Hawks fans got to watch a legend play in their net for part of a season, and you get a potentially a first round pick back. Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing with with the deal is that you're you're flipping it for something of value because he he came here for nothing. Yeah. Like no no offense to Michael Hecarine, and if you're listening, apologies. But sure he is. <laughs> he's there was there was no future for him in the organization, and and that's what the Blackhawks had to give up to bring in the reigning Vezina Trophy winner for what was supposed to be basically a, a one-year go for it, trying to get into the postseason and, and try and see if they could make some noise. Midway through this year, that wasn't going to happen. So at some point, Kyle Davidson's job was to get something of value for Marc-Andre Fleury. And, you know, Greg and I had talked about it uh, on a number of podcasts where, you know, Davidson basically had, if, if he's going to stick to his rebuild plan, he had no option but to move Fleury because keeping him is, is a waste of time. So... You know, we we were th- we were thinking at, at first if it was Flurry saying, "Hey, I don't I don't want to go anywhere. I don't you know I have this I have this agreement with the prior GM. Like I, I don't want to move my family. All that stuff. You know, we were saying like hey, God, Davidson can't worry about optics. Like he's got to worry about the rebuild and and hurting Mark Andre Flurry's feelings. You know, he can't worry about that if you're thinking three, four, five years down the road. As it turns out, from what uh, uh, what we learned about Davidson's communication with Flurry the whole time. He was alerted way ahead of time, um, even before the, the the game yesterday. He was alerted that, hey, you know, would Minnesota be somewhere that you would want to go? Um, so the, the communication was there. And so, yeah, you, you come away with it with a second-round pick, potentially a first-round pick if Minnesota uh, goes deep into the playoffs and, and Fleury is the one to lead them there. Uh, and and you, you went about it the right way. So I think that that's, that's the best that the Blackhawks could have hoped for, and now we root for the Wild to, to, make a, to make a run. I joked about it on our live Twitter video when the trade broke that I'm ordering a Minnesota Wild hat. It's on its way. Nice. I ordered go. a Wild hat. We are going to be big Wild fans for the uh, playoffs. And look, for them, this is probably their best shot to win a cup. Um, the team is really clicking on all cylinders. You've got Ryan Hartman all of a sudden becoming a star player, kind of out of the blue. Mm-hmm. And to be able to – Cam Talbot's a nice goalie, but to bring, be able to bring in a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury to solidify yourself for the playoff run, not only are you upgrading your roster, but the guys in the locker room that see that happen, they are pumped. The and they're not losing anybody. There's nobody leaving the, the wild roster to make that trade happen. That's the sort of thing that's going to uh, boost a team. It's going to boost their confidence and their enthusiasm – so I'm excited. Like I think, you know, aside from Colorado, and they've they've had their slip-ups in the playoffs before, so they're no sure thing. I think the West is pretty open in the wild. Getting to the conference final, to me, is not a huge stretch. Shouldn't be, and they'll be easy to root for, especially since they're almost certainly going to play the St. Louis Blues in the first round. Yeah. So I know some Blackhawk fans are like, oh, we can't root for Minnesota. Well, when they play St. Louis, you, you bet you you can. Um I'm sorry. Can I just not root for either team? Because I don't. You really, can. I don't. I don't want to. You can watch. do whatever you want. You can. Just yeah, look, it's your world, Lawrence. We're just living it. You do. You do. <laughs> that you. is correct. You do. You, buddy. Um, yeah, but the Wild. You know, they should be a fun team to watch. You get Mark Andre Fleury in there now. You mentioned Ryan Hartman. I can't wait to see a guy like Jordan Greenway play Stanley Cup playoff hockey. That guy is a beast. Um, so you know they have as good a shot as anybody in that West. The Colorado Avalanche. They just made a real nice trade here. Uh, at least for Montreal, but, um, you know, we've seen all season long, Marc-Andre Fleury can steal you a game or two, mm-hmm. and that's all you need. He steals you yeah. a one road game per series, 
all of a sudden Blackhawks get a first round pick. And, uh, you know, well, it's easy to root for the wild just because we know we get that first round pick. And the, as we, we talked about all these rumors and the market kept shrinking and shrinking. And then, you know, we were almost certain the other night it was going to be Toronto, Toronto. It's the only team that makes sense. And then out of nowhere, Saturday afternoon, this whole wild rumor starts, which turned out to be much more than a rumor. There was obviously something there. Mm-hmm. Um, still a little uh, scratching my head on if this conversation was going on with Minnesota and there was obvious conversation going on with Marc-Andre Fleury, according to all the reports, why the heck was he playing last night, losing his glove, about to break his hand, and then there, then nothing? Like, And, of course, they shoot glove side. Well, I right? mean, <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> easy to score glove side when there's no glove. But, yeah, Fleury <laughs> just tried to save it with his bare hand. You get to see oh. you know, broken wrist, broken finger, yeah. out four to six weeks, and, and the trade falls through. And, yeah, that was, you know, when you get the the home broadcast questioning it, you know it's a questionable move. And I wonder... This is sort of something maybe we we will figure out more as the Kyle Davidson era goes on. Does he have input on that? Should he have told Derek King by no under no circumstances Mark Andre Fleury playing tonight? And you could probably make the argument that Calvin DeHaan shouldn't have played, right. and anyone you are potentially trading Ryan Carpenter, who we're seeing Ben Pope a few minutes ago said there's could be something cooking with Nashville for Ryan Carpenter. I think you've got to protect your assets. So yeah, that was a scary. Game to see him start, and of course, when that glove came off, a scary <laughs> moment because he yeah. he tried to glove save that with his bare hand. Yeah, yeah. instincts probably kicked of in course. more than anything. Yeah, the the the, <laughs> the the visual of him, you know, without the glove, but he still got his hand up. It's just like your heart skips yeah, a beat. That was a that was a. I felt like Red, uh, Fred Sanford there. The big one was coming. <laughs> and every jet had their uh, their scope right on that oh, hand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. And, of course, the puck goes to that side of the ice, and there's yep. Kyle Connor with the you know, the shot. But uh, Well, to, to, to that point, I think, you know, from one thing that I've appreciated in, in the Derrick King era is his honesty. And mm-hmm. leading up to, the you know, the, the games over the weekend, you know, he was asked a couple of times, you know, what is – what is the the direction with the lineup? Are you being told anything about players who shouldn't be available or whatever? And he said, you know, if 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 I'm told not to play a guy, then then that's what we'll do. But unless I'm told otherwise, you know, I'm I'm icing the lineup that I'm s- supposed to be. So, you know, it, it seems like there there pretty much was no directive to him to say, hey, sit, you know, Calvin DeHaan or sit Dominic Kubalik or or sit Flurry or anything like that. So I. I I mean, whether that's foolish or not, I, yeah, you're you're kind of playing with fire. But um, I, I, you know, I think King is, you know, as a side note, I think he's still coaching for his job. He still wants to win some games and say, hey, like I, I have this measure of success, and I don't think he would want to leave, you know, willingly from a NHL head coaching position. Yeah, he's an old school NHL guy, and he's gonna put his best lineup out there until he's told otherwise. And as you said, he was asked directly. Earlier this week after practice, has there been any asset discussion, uh, asset protection discussion? And he f- said no, but he's waiting for instruction. He says Marc-Andre Fleury is scheduled to start Sunday until I'm told otherwise. So obviously he was not told otherwise, and he's a guy that wants to win hockey games. That's what he's paid to do, regardless of whatever the situation is in the front office. His job is to win hockey games, so he's going to put his best lineup out there until he's told otherwise. So it's still... 
should have told him otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd think so. Yeah, but anytime, I don't know, this is, I think we all do this, but when you're trying to think of your argument for a certain position, you try to look at the other side of things. And I wonder if there is, and I, I, don't, I don't think I believe this, but maybe this is what Kyle Davidson could be thinking is, look, if I play this guy, I'm showing other teams that, like, we're happy not trading him. Mm. We're happy to just keep Marc-Andre Fleury, have him play out the season, and thank him at the end of the year. So we're not going to adapt. Our, if you want him, you come and get him. Yeah. I wouldn't do that personally. I think that's really reckless and really dangerous. But I guess, the thing is we just don't know Kyle Davidson's personality yet. We don't know if he's that sort of a hard line kind of a GM when he's when he's dealing with people. But from all reports today, Ellen Walsh, uh, Fleury's agent, who you may remember from the Martin Havlett, Marion Hosa fiasco, um, went out of his way to praise the way Kyle Davidson handled everything, keeping Marc-Andre Fleury in the loop on anything that was going on, getting his approval a couple days out. So that's what we know so far. Communicative, um, gets things done, seems to understand what this team needs mm -hmm. and is not afraid to pull the trigger. So I hated to see Fleury play last night, but it worked out. And uh, the Hawks have a conditional first-round pick according to the Blackhawks, really a second round. Pick. Yeah. Well, and you, t you talked about optics earlier. You know, we were worried, Hey, you can't trade a guy. You said you weren't going to trade him. That would look bad. But having a guy like Alan Walsh, you know, sing your praises yep. is huge. Cause as we know, uh, he is never afraid to throw an organization under the bus. I mean, we, you mentioned the Hosa have that issue and just the flurry fiasco this past yeah. summer with Vegas. So the have, one of the agents, one of the top agents in the NHL say, hey, Kyle Davidson, thank you for a first-year GM. That's – you talk about op optics. That's a very good optic right there. Yeah. So that's a, another uh, another small win we can we can notch on the uh, championship belt for young Mr. Davidson. Yeah, and, and, you know, we had talked about it, a, 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 you know, about a week or so ago. You know, what, what kind of confidence level do we have in, in a guy like Davidson, you know, did, does he really like make you feel like this team is going in the right direction? And it was kind of iffy. We were like, oh, you know, we, one, we don't really know a lot about him, but two, it was kind of just like from what he was saying, it didn't seem too, you know, he was saying, oh, if we keep, if we keep Mark Andre Fleury, we're a better team for it. And it really made us question, you know, okay, well, what is, what is the actual direction of the team? But I mean, maybe he was play, you know, playing, playing the games and, and just kind of, throwing it out there that, hey, we, if we if we keep these players around, it's totally fine with us. You guys have to, you know, these other teams have to come out and, and really wow us with deals. Maybe, you know, behind behind the uh, the the young kind of, you know, just kind of feeling out the, the position of the GM, Kyle Davidson, is a guy who's a risk taker and who's aggressive. And I think that that would be, I would be pleasantly surprised by that to have someone who's, who's going to be able to uh, make those kind of moves and, you know, really not not worry too much about how some of the some of the moves might make the fan base feel in in the immediacy. Sticking to his plan to be three, four, five years from now, you know, trying to be contending for Stanley Cups. If he's going to be ag aggressive like that. I'm all for it. Well, he has the built-in advantage of not being Stan Bowman, and a lot That's of fans true. are going to give him maybe more slack than he deserves simply because I think the vast majority of the Hawks fans really did not like Stan Bowman, especially towards the end, and just wanted him gone. Mm -hmm. So whoever was here instead, they were going to give some leeway to. And look, I think that I would say he's made two or three or three or four moves, and I, I think he's – you could argue he's won every one of them. 
from the Hawks rebuild perspective. Yeah. Right. Like when we started talking about a few weeks ago, the potential of Brandon Hagel being traded. Like, well, if you're getting a first and a prospect, you got to think about it. He got two firsts and two prospects. And that's a steep that's, price. And yeah, yeah, they're, they're picks from Tampa, but somebody made a good point last night is you start stockpiling these first round picks and too late first round picks can become one early first round pick, yeah, right. right? You can trade those up and you can get a real impact player that you like in the top 10, top 15, whatever. So look, the more he can do to arm the Blackhawks with draft picks and, and draft assets, the better off they're going to be and the faster this rebuild will go. Halving it doesn't work. It's just not going to work. And that's why as we sit here, you know, 45 minutes from the trade deadline happening, you got to feel like there's a couple more things coming, right? Hopefully from the Blackhawks because the league has now, uh, everyone's back from lunch <laughs> and uh, some, some deals were made. I, I, we'll, we'll get back to the Blackhawks here, but I want to update a couple of, uh, couple of trades that are coming through the, the wire here. Uh, Colorado is getting very active. Uh, Bob McKenzie, a.k.a. Bobby Margarita, is saying that Andrew Cogliano is going from San Jose to Colorado. Uh, that's just come down the wire, so details uh, to come on that one. I love that move for Colorado. Montreal is sending Arturi Lekkinen uh, to Colorado and retaining 50% of his salary. In return, the Habs are getting uh, Justin Barron and a 2024 second-round pick. That's okay. Yeah, it's a nice return for, yeah. for Montreal, for sure. The, uh, the Golden Knights are reportedly working on a trade involving Evgeny uh, Dodonov. And the Red Wings and Blues are making a multiplayer trade. Uh, Detroit is sending Nick Letty and Luke Witkowski to St. Louis in return for Oscar Sundquist, Jake Wallman, and a 2023 second round pick. So the league is uh, league's picking up now here as we're as we're about what 40, just about 40 minutes away from the from the trade deadline. So. If the Blackhawks are going to get active, now's the time to do it. Yeah, there's always time. Remember, you know, after the 2 p.m. deadline passes, things sort of trickle through. They've got to go through the league offices. And the Hawks are pretty good about keeping things close to the vest. A lot of these trades, not that the flurry thing came out of nowhere because everyone knew he was a candidate to be traded, but the Brandon Hagel thing just happened. It was like, boom, yeah. happened, you know. So uh, the Hawks have always been better than most NHL teams keeping their you know keeping the news to themselves until it actually breaks so stick around it's not going to just because 2 p.m passes doesn't Does necessarily mean, mean the over. hawks will be done looks like it is a fifth round pick in 2024 going to the sharks for andrew cogliano that's from pierre lebrun uh, i like that move for colorado i've always been a big andrew cogliano fan that gives you some veteran depth on a team that is looking to win it all this year. So two good moves by Joe Sackick, who continues to be yeah. one of the most aggressive and best general managers in the game. How funny that Iserman and Sackick are sort of vying for best GM when they are also <laughs> vying yeah. for best center at the yeah. same time, you know? Yeah. I would, I would love to read that. I mean, I don't want, I don't want to. I don't want to say I want. I love to see the Detroit get good again. But how fun would that be to get that rivalry going again with Sackick and Eiserman in the front office, as opposed to the, taking those big draws? <laughs> we don't need Detroit being good again, guys. Uh, a couple <laughs> questions in the chat I want to get to. Well, first of all, this uh, Travel X says Mrazek just cleared. So do Hawks try and take him and ask for a pick for from Toronto as a sweetener? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So there was some some waiver wire move uh, moves as well. Um, Toronto signed a, a Finnish goaltender 
Olympic gold medalist Harry Sateri, and he had to clear clear waivers. He did not. Yes, Arizona, uh, Arizona picked him up, so he was picked up real coyotes. fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seattle claimed Derek Pouliot. Vancouver claimed Brad Richardson. And, yeah, Peter Mrazek clears, so he's still with the Toronto organization. Um, you know, the Blackhawks, they – they are now down a goalie at the NHL level. I, I, and I, we talked about it before. Are they going to bring up Colin Delia? Are they going to bring up Arvid Soderblom? You know, the, the, the Ice Hogs are focusing on their own kind of playoff push. I'd be interested to see if, if they go back to Toronto and say, okay, we didn't get anything done with Hagel or with Fleury. Like, we can still help you out and take Peter Mrazek off your books as you're trying to, you know, they need cap space. They have some injuries now that they need to, to address on – both on defense and in their secondary scoring uh, department. So can we interest you in a gently used Calvin DeHaan? Yeah, (laughs) gently used. Yeah, yeah. Calvin DeHaan for, you know, a second-round pick in Peter Mrazek because they just just lost Rasmus Sandin, another Mm -hmm. one of their young defensemen, for what is being called for weeks is what Injury out for weeks, yeah. Knee injury, apparently. So they just got Mark Giordano, but then they lose another guy. So they could be in the move. So I – Getting Peter Mrazek to come, I know he's under term for, what, two more years after this. Not the worst thing in the world, because then you can keep Soderblom and Delia down in Rockford. They're trying to make a playoff push. They had a big weekend. Uh, keep those guys down there if you can, because I think Rockford making the playoffs is a huge deal for not only guys out there, but the organization as a yep. whole. It's a big deal. Get these kids in the playoffs. So keep those two guys down there. It's working for them. You get Mrazek. Mrazek is the perfect veteran goaltender for a rebuilding team because you get him in here, you know, He's, he's fine. Pretty, he's not going to steal too many games for you. Right. No. Exactly. Which you don't he want. Might cost you a few, right? There's two scenarios with Peter Mrazek <laughs> next year. He either really increases your chances to get counter Bedard, or he plays well enough that where you can flip him to get another asset, another right. th- second, third round pick or prospect at next year's trade deadline. Two so, years left for him, by the way, at three point eight million. He becomes an unrestricted free agent after the 2023-24 season. Not the worst guy to have on a rebuild team. And we were, yeah, we were talking before the show started. You know, rebuilds, you want to go as young as you can, but at the same time, you've got to have some veteran presence because if you're just putting kids out there to get housed every night, that is detrimental to development. You've got to have some success, and I think young players playing on a young team know there's going to be some growing pains, much like there were in the early days in Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook, but they had Adriana Coyne and Martin Lapointe and, and other veteran players around. Those didn't really work out but they were there. You need some sort of veteran presence to help guide these young guys through the, the daily grind of the NHL and just help you get a few wins. Now, maybe that's just Patrick Kane sticking around until he's ready to call it a career. Maybe it is Peter Morazic for the next couple of years. I don't know, but you can't just go. You can't have 12 Philip Kurashevs. No, it's not going to work. You know, that's not going to, you're just going to, you're going to lose every game five to nothing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so there's there's no there's no developmental benefit to that. So there are going to be some veteran guys that Hawks fans might look at either a waiver claim or a trade or whatever and say, wait, how is how is this a rebuild? How does this help a rebuild? You've got to have some sort of veteran stability on the roster. And I'm not saying, you know, don't go out and do another Seth Jones thing. Right. No. But, you know, you've got to have some sort of presence there to keep the team at least in games. Yeah, and, and just, you know, show, like you said, showing some of the young players the, the, the ropes of the NHL and, and what it takes to, you know, have a, a long career, have a successful career. And 
uh, yeah, I think they're going to, you know, we saw just, just last season having Carl Soderberg and, and Matthias Janmark on the team. Like they were here for on one year deals with the purpose of, you know, adding a little bit of adding a little bit to the lineup, but also being, you know, some, some veteran players uh, on, on a team that was at the time we were told going to go through a youth movement. Um, and then their ultimate goal for the Blackhawks was to get flipped at the deadline, and they were. So I think we're going to see some – I agree. I think we're going to see some players like that come through in the next season or two. And, um, yeah, I think I think that'll be good for the young guys. couple updates here. Michael Russo of The Athletic in Minnesota says, the second round, rounder that the Wild gave Chicago for Flurry is their own second. So that's – we thought that was the case, but now it's confirmed. And also two minutes ago, Mark Lazarus says – source says not to expect a Dylan Strom trade today. So it looks like Dylan Strom is sticking around for at least the rest of the not, season. Yeah, not super surprising. I think I, at this point I would have been a little bit more surprised had he actually moved. Right. Same here. And we also and we also heard from uh, Emily Kaplan and from Elliot Friedman, Patrick Kane not going anywhere today. Jonathan Taze, Seth Jones, all not going anywhere. Um, also, should not be surprised by that. Those aren't moves that you make at the trade deadline. Those are things that happen or would happen in the off season. Right. Hey guys, I just I just want to point out uh, something from Nate. A question in the chat here. He's he's asking: Is there anyone else likely to be traded that could fetch even a second round pick, or should we just expect smaller returns at this point? If they, I would think of the remaining names likely to move, Dehan Carpenter, I would be I'd be I would think Dehan is probably the more appealing of them, and I would be surprised if he got a second. If they get a second for Dehan, that's a huge win. A third, a fourth, probably a little more likely, and I'm, I'd be perfectly happy with that. Honestly, at this point, I'd be happy if they get something for Calvin DeHaan and <laughs> something for Ryan Carpenter because, yeah. look, they're not they're not helping you this year. Um, DeHaan's a big contract, so if you can move that, you got to do it. And, uh, again, just – and I know I just said you need veterans around, but that sort of stuff can be addressed You already have Connor Murphy. You have Jake McCabe. Right. Like, you don't need – to be adding, you know, keeping Calvin DeHaan around for the cap hit that he's going to require in this offseason. Yeah, but so, I, yeah, it's it's not worth it. A second, do either of you guys see a second round pick for either of those guys? Well, looking at the the Brett Kulak um, return, he got a second round pick and a roster player back. So yeah. I think if, if Brett Kulak's getting a second round pick, I think Calvin DeHaan could at least garner maybe a maybe a future second. Uh, we've been seeing that trend to be pretty. Uh, pretty common this 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 trade deadline that you know 2023 picks are, are being shipped around a little bit more than 2022 picks are um, so yeah maybe a future second or you know a third this year or whatever it is I think he's probably the only player that's realistically going to be moved in the next uh, couple of minutes that could garner something like that yeah I think he can get a second round will he that remains to be seen, but based on the returns we've seen, defensemen always at the trade deadline come at a high premium. Um, if someone's willing to give up a second-round pick for, for Brett Kulak, no offense to Mr. Kulak, but I think it's reasonable to get one for DeHaan. Um, we'll see what happens. Maybe, again, like we said with the Toronto, maybe you sweeten and get a second-round pick out of them if you're willing to take Mrazek back. Um, that can make the return a little better. So Otherwise, outside of DeHaan, any other trades, back to Nate's original question, uh, temper those expectations. I wouldn't expect a whole lot for Ryan Carpenter, a fifth, fourth-round tops. Maybe that dominant Kubelik trade actually happens, but I wouldn't expect 
anything above a third round at this point for Kubalik. That's funny. A couple of days ago, that seemed like it was going to happen at any moment. Mm-hmm. And it's been really quiet on the Kubalik front today. Right. I mean, Anaheim and Edmonton were the two teams that Ben Pope of the Sun-Times had mentioned. Anaheim is moving in the opposite direction, apparently. Well, not really. I mean, there's, they, they realize they're still a rebuild team, and they're getting rid of their veterans to try and get more assets. So acquiring a Kubelik didn't make a ton of sense, even though he's, he's an RFA and gets probably re-up with him for a couple of years on the cheap after his disappointing year. But, um, yeah, that's kind of faded here. We haven't heard a peep about Kubelik today, so maybe that's not happening. Uh, maybe that's something we revisit in the summertime where his his negotiating rights are moved ahead of the draft for a mid-round pick. Yeah, it's interesting to think about what that – where is he more valuable on the trade market, right? Is he more, is he, are his rights more valuable than he is right now? I don't know. I, if I'm a team looking for some offensive help, I look at what Dominic Kubelik has done up to this year and you say, that's some pretty fast offense you could add. It's a guy who can help on the power play for a contender. He's playing on your third, on your fourth line. Like you mentioned, Cagliano, the way Tampa Bay looks at Brandon Hagel, different kinds of players, but Look, I always go back to this Blackhawk Stanley Cup teams. And what made them so great was, yeah, they had their star players, but they were rolling four lines on you every night. And every time the Hawks had the puck, they were a threat to score. And someone like Kubelik joining a contender, I think that's very appealing. And and if I was, you know, the the GM of Colorado or whoever, I would say that's an an affordable person we could pick up that might be able to add some instant offense and, and that always, like, look at Carolina. You know, that's a team that's had trouble scoring lately. Kubelik is a pretty affordable guy to pick up and bring in uh, for what should be a pretty reasonable draft pick. So we'll see. I, you know, that oh, if you asked me a week ago who is most likely to go, Kubelik would have been towards the top of that list. But today, like you said, it's just been so quiet around him. I don't think I've heard his name mentioned at all until we no. started the show. No. no. And I, the, I think the, the thought is – Yes, he can jump in and, and give you some offensive pop because of his track record. But if you look at what he's done this the last two months, he's been nearly invisible. Yeah, I think he's only got two goals since since mid January, and one of them was a an absolute gift wrapped, uh, nearly empty net goal against the the Oilers. So it's you know he he really hasn't been the same kind of player and a player that's really going to drive up the price. If anything, he became more affordable to a team if they wanted to get him as the last few months have gone on. So while I still think it makes sense to try and get something done, get whatever you can for a guy like that who likely doesn't fit into the rebuild plan, maybe it's becoming more difficult that more teams may just be like, eh, we got other options out there. Yeah. Well, there are, you know, there are a lot of options because it hasn't been what was sort of expected to be a pretty busy deadline has been pretty slow. I mean, we were going you know, 20, 25 minutes watching Trade Center and watching NHL Network and ESPN where just nothing was happening. Mm-hmm. And it's picking up a little bit now. It is, yeah. Which is, which is, which is great. Um, you know, a couple more deals coming through. Looks like Zach Sanford is going uh, from Ottawa to Winnipeg for a fifth-round pick. Um, from Ben Pope, he is retracting his, uh, his Ryan Carpenter to Nashville okay. potential, uh, potential deal. Uh, says it's not impossible, but sounds like he may have jumped the gun on that. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll handle Ben 
properly for uh, for putting, I will not for putting, up for putting out the putting out the wrong report there. But Ben Pope a lot taller than you realized before you meet him. Really? He is yes. tall. He's easy tall. Very individual. tall. That's kid. like Vinny yeah. Duber. He came in here. I'm like, what the hell? You're seven feet tall. That mustache. It's wow. gigantic. That mustache makes you look short on TV. <laughs> um, but Carpenter's another guy. If you're a playoff team looking to add depth. That's affordable. That's a guy That's that a guy you can, want. can play yep. everywhere. He's got that playoff experience. He's yeah. been to a cup final. He had some deep runs with the Sharks. He's good defensively. He plays. He kills penalties. He gives you that physical. His his style of play is custom built for the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I'd be surprised if he doesn't go somewhere. You know, you, you, I put him up there kind of in the same level as an Andrew Cagliano, not a guy that's going to be your superstar, but he you need guys like Ryan Carpenter to make deep playoff runs. A guy that will never hurt you. Right. Right? Right. A uh, little update here from Michael Russo of The Athletic in Minnesota. The plan for tonight is Marc-Andre Fleury will back up Cam Talbot. He's expected to arrive in the Twin Cities shortly before 5 p.m. So Fleury expected to be in uniform for the Wild tonight. So that'll be interesting. I'll be watching that game. He'll be, yeah, he'll be, he'll be in uniform. He'll be, maybe, maybe he's going to have the same hat that you ordered. Yeah, right? <laughs> Sitting the, uh, on the bench there. The dad hat, which is just offensive to me, <laughs> that they call the, for, they used to call it the franchise hat. Yeah. And they change it to dad hat. Well, I'm out. I can't get one of those. I'm a dad and I wear the hat. So (laughs) technically they're correct, but it's still offensive. It's ageist, quite frankly. (laughs) If I want a comfortable hat that fits my giant head, I shouldn't have to be criticized and called a dad. I'm not wearing a fanny pack. I'm not wearing New Balance shoes. I was going to say, in order to wear that hat, do you have to have the white uh, New Balance shoes on as well? I do. With the jean shorts? Well, you know, my wife always, she makes fun of me because I do stand at the back window with my hands on my hip and look at my lawn. For an extended period of time. So, okay, maybe I'm, maybe they're right. Good okay. choice buying a dad hat. You know, in, in the, <laughs> exactly. I cut the lawn in this. All right, you know, in the la- in the Guilty last, as charged. In the last couple of months, I've I've noticed myself also staring out the window at my lawn. <laughs> yeah. So I, it must it must be a dad thing. It, absolutely. <laughs> as soon as the baby's born, start looking at that lawn. Hands on the hips with an approving nod or a disapproving head shake. Did you have the hand on the hip and the cup of coffee in the yeah, other yep, newspaper nice tucked under your arm? Yep, yep. All right. Yep. Well, I can picture it now. Yeah. So looking at uh, the, the chat here, wanted to try and sift through and see if I can get had some, uh, some good questions here. Here's a, no, a non-serious question from the panel. This is coming from Nate. It says, who has the best non-Blackhawks hat in the NHL? I, I mean, I, I haven't – I can't say that I've gone through the entire catalog of the yeah. NHL shop of hats, but – I always, and I know we've talked about this team way too much in the last few weeks, but mm-hmm. I always like the way that Montreal uh, or uh, Toronto Maple Leafs hats look. Classic. They just, it's just, I, I love the Leaf logo. I love the blue and white combination. It just looks great. Yeah, I would love to be more of a hat guy, but I have the same problem Jay has. I've got a ginormous melon, yeah. and it's hard to find hats that fit. And then when I do find a hat, they don't they they don't look great. I don't look great in hats, so I'm not a huge hat guy. But uh, I always like the the all red uh, Carolina Hurricanes hats with the with their little uh, Eye of the Hurricane logo. That's a cool one. Uh, I have a Hartford Whalers dad hat. Well, and go. I will stand by that as my still my favorite, the blue with the blue and uh, green logo. I wish I had it in green. I need to find a is green it, Whalers It's in blue, hat. you said? It's a, yeah, it's a royal blue hat with a blue and green logo. Okay. But I also like the wild when they wear their 
thirds, the with the North Star colors. Oh yeah, they should just do that those permanently. Look, but those look so good. Those were cool. Yeah, I actually have. I got uh, this year. I bought a Hartford Whalers all green, Gordy Howe shortsy shirtsy. It was it's oh, that was cool. one of my favorites. Uh, and because when Gordy played in Hartford, they had all three houses, so it's his full name on the back. It doesn't just say Howell, just in case you want to know which one it was. <laughs> not too many uh, Mark Howell shirts out there, I don't think. I'm or, so glad the Hawks did not do S. Jones and C. Jones with Seth and Caleb. That's what the number is for. Well, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, that yeah, I didn't understand why you needed to put Gordy Howell's full name on there. He was the only guy on the ice with gray hair. Right. I think he was pretty easy to pick out which one was, you know, Gordy. And probably still the toughest guy on the ice. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the, the Mark Andre Fleury deal. That was the big one happening today. Um, this is, this is Jay's first, uh, first appearance on the show. Wanted to get your thoughts on, uh, full thoughts on the, on the Hagel trade that happened. Yeah. Um, mentioned a little bit earlier, but to get that sort of return as painful as it was and in, in our, rehearsal show and our real show we did together we we were pre-qualifying our love for Brandon Hagel like look of course we all love Brandon Hagel but um I saw that return and I was shocked that they were able to get that much for him and it's great for Tampa I love that Tampa is able to bring in a guy like that for their third line we just talked about how depth wins championships Tampa looking for their third in a row and and I mean I, I think it's a matter of time now until Hagel becomes a household name because we saw some people reacting like, who's Brandon Hagel? Yeah. You have two, I never heard of this guy. Well, you never heard of him because the Hawks suck and they're never on TV. <laughs> and, you know, they're, they're, you're, it's not a team you're paying attention to right now. Uh, good move for Tampa, good move for the Hawks, and that's kind of the ideal trade, right? You want it to be beneficial for both teams. So, um, yeah, I, I it sucks to see him go. I really like him. And had he been around for the next few years, I wouldn't have been mad about it either. That, that salary is very appealing, and that's part of why the Hawks were able to get the return for him that they did. Yeah, and, and I think, I think too, it's, it's part of the idea that Davidson has to be aggressive in the rebuild and sticking to his plan. When you're offered a trade like that, you know, not that he was actively shopping Brandon Hagel, but when a team like the Lightning come and, and say, hey, we, we're going to give you this, you know, haul of uh, – uh, of, a, of a trade package for this player who, yeah, you could say is part of a rebuild, but, I mean, you get two guys who are going to jump into your roster right away and have so far been pretty pretty decent in their first two showings um, and two first-round picks that you can, you know, either use, even though they're going to be, you know, late first-round picks likely, um, you can either use them to get, you know, quality players that might fall in, in, in a first round or, like we talked about earlier, kind of using them in a trade package to trade up in a draft uh, or, or, or draft or two. The Blackhawks could have, you know, the 10th the, the pick in not this summer but next summer's draft and then Tampa Bay's pick, which could be, I don't know, 28, 29, 30, whatever it is, and they could take those two picks and go to the team at number five or six or, or, or higher and say, hey, Let's let's work out something here, and, and Chicago could improve their draft position. So when you get a trade package like that, even though as good as Brandon Hagel has been, as good as he might project out to be in his career, I think you had to do it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad that Kyle yeah. Davidson is being able to – is making those kinds of deals. Pick, picks become currency at that point. I mean, just look, what, look at Arizona. They had amassed five second-round picks for this year's draft. They used one of them to get Jack McBain. So mm-hmm. – um, and they're probably going to trade a couple more of those before it's all said and done. So you either get, you know, a first round level player, or as you said, you use it to acquire 
some sort of other asset. It's not, never a bad thing to have a lot of draft picks, especially first rounders, at your disposal. Let's not forget too that that Radish and Kachuk have been pretty decent in their first two games. Hey, we've mm-hmm. we've dubbed Studio B the Radish Garden after <laughs> last night's game. So like that. he's the first Blackhawk to have something named after him in in the CHGO office. So made, uh, made that big of an impression right away. Yeah, I mean these guys look like we could have. They were very noticeable, and you that uh, we talked a little bit about it last night. Two young guys in their first full NHL seasons. It's got to be a little kick in the in the in the pants that. You go from hey, I, I'm on one of the best teams, the defend two-time defending champs. Now I got to go for you know the bottom of the Western Conference, but they've gotten expanded roles and immediately took advantage of that. I mean, Radish had the two points last night. Yep. Uh, Kachuk has been very noticeable. If he was just a half a step quicker, he'd probably have two breakaway goals right now. But that's obviously not his strong point. But he's been very noticeable. He's been physical. He's been in front of the net. Two guys that are trying to take a situation that they probably weren't thrilled with. And Kachuk even mentioned that. And he said, yeah, it sucks. But now I get, he gets expanded role. He's going to make the best out of it. So you've got two NHL-level bodies right now out there who are making a difference. And I think it was Mario last night said that the Blackhawks should uh, should reacquire Slater Cuckoo so we can have <laughs> Cuckoo Kachoo on the Blackhawks. That would be a fun thing hey, to I'm, do. Hey, I'm, I'm an idea man. You, you are. are. That's, you should be, if, if this hockey thing doesn't work out for you... <laughs> There's a there's a place for you in a marketing department somewhere. Yeah, I'll I'll get I'll get in a get in a think tank and give them some uh, get them some good ideas. We're, we're starting to see too on the topic of Kachuk and Radish that we're starting to see the kind of players that Kyle Davidson likes because you add Sam Lafferty to that mix too, and maybe not the flashiest players in the world, but something the Hawks have desperately needed for a long time: willing competitors, mm-hmm. guys who are going to go to the net, they're going to battle for their space, they're going to remove guys from space where they don't want them to be, the compete level on those guys is big. And, yeah, they're not going to be stars. None of those guys will be stars. But solid players that you can build on and have as part of your team when you are ready to win again, potentially. So I really like what they've, uh, what Kyle Davidson's done so far. Again, not a, he hasn't brought in a blow-the-world-away you know, blow the world away superstar yet, but uh, so far the players he's brought in have fit a mold and I like the way Davidson thinks when he looks to acquire players. Hey, the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll get a, even you'll get a free t-shirt of your choice from the chgo locker that's two thousand bucks in free bets a free chgo membership and a free t-shirt from the chgo locker all for making a 50 dollars first time deposit at points bet if you have any questions you can email points bet at all chgo.com and we'll help you out your home for live in play betting just got even better introducing points bets new feature live college basketball same game parlay for the first time ever, you can build the perfect live same-game parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game and want more? You can also boost your your live same-game parlays. Watch live, parlay live, and boost live with PointsBet. And now, online sign-up is available in Illinois, so you can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all on your phone. No need to go to a casino. So, during PointsBet March Madness, 
All users can earn up to 100 hours in free bets. And during each round, just place a $50 pregame wager and get a free $20 live bet to be used for that round. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Nice. Very good. Yeah, only like Very 12 good. mistakes. Who knew, who knew you were the big reads guy, too? I I'm mean, not. I'm our, big, uh, but I'm not the reads guy. Our, our, uh, <laughs> our, trade, our own trade deadline acquisition just keeps getting better and better. Sure, sure. <laughs> Thank you for the kind words. So we, are, uh, so we are about 17 minutes away here from the end of the uh, trade deadline coming up at 2 o'clock. Uh, looks like the Rangers are making a little bit of a move here. Defensively, they are going to uh, get Anthony Batetto from the San Jose Sharks. And, I mean, I, I, I don't know what the return is going to be. Details of that coming soon. That's coming from Kevin Weeks, who is turned into a, a you know, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Where in the world is Kevin Weeks when he's breaking these trades? He's all over the place. But it uh, looks like Batetto is going to the Rangers. It makes me think that, you know, a team like New York that was trying to upgrade their defense a little bit, maybe they're looking at uh, at the prices of what, Maybe Calvin DeHaan is, is is fetching, and they thought, oh, we'll go a little bit cheaper than that and get uh, get Anthony Batetto. In and, they, and they also added uh, Justin Braun earlier, too. So that's two, two – they're getting some beef on the blue line, as we mm-hmm. said a couple days ago. So Rangers are looking to load up with some defensive presence as they uh, – I mean, listen, they, they, they got a chance to make some noise in the postseason. They've got arguably the best goalie in the league right now. So get them some help in front of him. We know they got some offensive capabilities. That will be a fun team to watch. Come playoff time, of course, Blackhawk fans, uh, you know, our our lovable our, our Tammy Panarin is there, oh, so um, they should be a fun team to watch out east. Maybe we get a Panarin versus Flurry Stanley Cup final, and That'd you know, watch you know the uh, fans of Chicago, two of the most beloved short-term players in Blackhawks history, go against for the cup in other uniforms. That'd be fun to watch. I thought the Rangers would be a little more active today, and of course, there is still time, but. Uh, team with some cap space with yeah, some that, uh, legit cup potential. Uh, who knows? Maybe they got something big up their sleeves. But I was expecting them to be a little more. Active yeah, they were one of the so they were one of the sellers that actually had that cap space. But you know, it's still still got 15 minutes plus here. As we all know, some trades will sneak in after the deadline. Um, so we'll see what happens. Hopefully, something, anything, do something, <laughs> do something. <laughs> yeah. I always feel for the big panels. You know, the Trade Center people in the, um, I think it's called, they're calling it the Point on ESPN, on ESPN where they just yeah. ha- they're just they there all day and just waiting for stuff to happen. Yeah, I love the wide shots. As soon as they're done doing their little minute interview, they're all on their phones. You right. Know. Speaking of that, I'm seeing. Some of those guys still have Blackberries, the guys up in Canada, which is always fun. Nope, nothing. Yep. Check out my phone, nothing. It's that, that poking stick gif you <laughs> tweeted out yes. earlier. You know. Do something. <laughs> well, I'm. You know, one thing that we also are, are, are looking at uh, is the AHL waiver wire. A lot of paper transactions will be happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just keep, keeping an eye on what the, what the Ice Hogs are doing because if you are uh, on an AHL roster at 2 o'clock or on an NHL roster at 2 o'clock, you'll be eligible to go back and forth. Um, so keeping an eye on that. So far with the Ice Hogs, it looks like Kale Morris has been added uh, to it says it's added to Rockford, so it looks like maybe Delio or Sorterbloom might a corresponding move might be coming. They have to do something if they don't acquire a goalie here in the next fifteen minutes. One of those two guys will have to come up. So yeah, Kale uh, Morris. Kale Morris has been 
pretty good for the Indy Fuel and, and, and had a couple appearances for Rockford, so he'd be the backup to whoever doesn't come up to Chicago. I would assume it will be Delia. You want to keep Soderboom playing, um, but we'll see. Hockey insider Amanda Kessel uh, tweeting that it doesn't look like number 81, Phil Kessel, is being moved today. Interesting. So, I, I mean, that's a that's a guy who I thought would be. I thought for sure. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that would, would have been a fit with the Rangers. Possibly, uh, yeah. Spe- they got good hot of, dogs in New York. Hey, I hear that. <laughs> speaking of, uh, Kevin Weeks and myself both have a correction. It's actually Anthony Boteto going to the Sharks. He was with uh, the Rangers. He is going to there we go. the Sharks. So clearing so, space for Justin Braun. Yes. So or Calvin DeHaan. So I am <laughs> I'm apologizing on behalf of Kevin Weeks as we as I was relaying the, uh, the wrong information there. But, yeah, it looks like uh, some more moves uh, could be involving the Rangers. Uh, this is from Darren Dreger. All indications are Andrew Kopp is headed to New York. Rangers may also be working on go. Tyler Mott, former Blackhawk that everyone uh, everyone should remember. He's one of those classic deadline guys who suddenly has more value just because it's a deadline. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. oh, Tyler Mott is into it. They had him on a, what was it? We were looking at a top 10 list. Yeah. yeah. Tyler Mott on, was on On there. Sportsnet's top 10 list, Mott was like ninth. Okay. What a world. I mean, yeah. really. I mean, he's a nice little player. Yeah, he's a nice player. I like them with the Hawks, but uh, hey, the Rangers, if they get Tyler Mott, they're going to have the bread man and some applesauce on the side. Nice. Good deal. <laughs> See, this is why. This is <laughs> why you make the big bucks. That's what, I, that's what I'm here for. Cops of the Rangers is big. I, I mean, that we're just saying, we expect him to do something. I really like Cops game. That's the sort of guy in a playoff situation that can be a difference maker. Um, so there you go. That's that's one move for the Rangers. Um, yeah, he's a guy that's going to do some of that dirty work. They've got we know the dynamic players the Rangers yep. had. And he's the guy that can get in the corners and fight for the pucks and 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 let make space for those dynamic players. Good, definitely a good fit there. Well, it's a stereotype for a reason. You know, he playoff hockey is different. Right. Mm-hmm. It takes all four lines. It takes physicality. So you can outscore everybody during a regular season. But when when it comes down and the whistles get put away a little bit. You've got to play a grindier game. You need those sort of guys, and uh, he fits that bill for sure. Well, you, you can go back to the original trade of Artemi Panera, and that was kind of the thinking that Stan Bowman had. I mean, obviously there was salary implications there and didn't think he can re-sign him, but that was kind of the thing. The, you know, Panarin was here. The Blackhawks lost first round both times, so he said, hey, we got to go out and get Brandon Saad back. I mean, hindsight 2020, not the best move he's ever made, but that was well, his thinking there. We need to play out. Yeah, let's, we, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see how Brandon Saad's third time with the Blackhawks. Maybe third time's the charm. Um, no, I love Brandon Saad. Um, yeah, how could you not? I mean, it's a guy who, like we're talking about, that's the sort of proven playoff kind of a guy you want. He's now reunited in St. Louis with Nick Letty. Yeah. So. Nick, Nick Letty, Letty, not so much one of those guys. I still have my Nick Letty Hawks jersey in my closet. Oh, I, 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 I liked him too, but he was, you know... Not when we talk about built for the playoffs, Nick no, Buddy was definitely not, built not for the playoffs. Definitely but, not. You know, he was never really one of Q's favorites. And no. I feel like he probably did not get a fair shake here. But just the lasting memory is that puck going off his butt into the net and the Hawks, man, they would have won that cup too. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> definitely would. not the uh, the lasting image that you want to leave with uh with the team is that right. you you know didn't get out of the way, let Corey Crawford make the save and uh who knows what could happen. One thing as we wait for more news to trickle in here, we've heard over the last few days, um, Jonathan Tave is sort of expressing his, I don't know if I'd call it disappointment, he, he, surprise uh, at the Brandon Hagel move and and General everything that's sort of going on. 
And they were talking about it on ESPN. And, you know, it's one thing to... Kevin Weeks was sort of saying that they, they need to be more transparent with Taves. I think saying we're rebuilding, that's the, that is how much transparency is needed. He does not need to be asked for approval on specific transactions. He should not have information on specific transactions. As much as we love Jonathan Taves, three championships, all the accolades, all those sort of things, Chicago legend, probably on the Mount Rushmore of Chicago hockey players, uh, you don't, you're not the GM. You don't have say in roster moves. And I know it's disappointing when players get traded, but the reason they're being traded is because of lack of performance. Right. And because the team has not lived up to expectations. And look, a lot of people looked at the Blackhawks roster going into this year and thought playoff team, potential playoff team. Yeah. And they vastly underachieved in that, in that, in that, you know, to those projections. So, if you're pissed that guys are getting traded, look no further than the guys in the room with you. Don't be mad at Kyle Davidson. Don't be mad that, you know, the team has decided to correctly rebuild. He said, if Brandon Hale can get traded, no one's safe. That's correct. Yeah. No one is safe. No one should be safe. Well, technically you're safe, Johnny, because uh, <laughs> you have an unmovable you have deal. A, you have an unmovable deal and a no movement cl- clause too. So, uh, but I agree. Uh, you know, I don't know what, Jonathan thought rebuild meant, um, but and yeah, he doesn't need to be in the in the phone calls with them. I mean, sure, it's nice to say, hey, we're gonna maybe, but I don't know what he expected. Not been the greatest year uh, for quotes for for our captain. Um, he's had a rough one yeah, this year. So um, you know, yeah, I get it. He's super competitive. He's Mister. He's Captain Serious. He's all that stuff. Losing sucks. Yep, to him more than anybody else in that locker room, I'm sure. But, you know, to say you're disappointed or, you know, well, I don't know what you were expecting because, as you mentioned, a lot of people thought this was a team that was going to at least contend for a playoff spot, thinking that Jonathan Taves was going to come back to some sort of ghost of Jonathan Taves, which hasn't happened. No. Um, So, you know, look in the mirror maybe. Where do you think it it puts the the mentality of some of the players like – like like Patrick Kane, who's uh, a lot like a lot like Taze. He obviously he has the exact same contract. He's got the same agent, and probably has the same both desires to win, but also desires to you know cement his legacy and and play as long as possible as a Chicago Blackhawk. When you hear what Taze is saying, do you do you worry that it can trickle into his mind that maybe he doesn't want to stick around too long? Um, not that he, sh- honestly, for for me, not that he should, uh, as much as it you know sucks to say, but he's just not not worth his contract. He's not the player he used to be, and you know you look at some of these some of these guys on uh, that you have to look at and be who's say who's going to be here, Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane, Alex DeBrinket, Seth Jones. I mean, if you're looking at any of those guys, who in the next year or so would be able to kind of lift out, I think it's Taze. Yeah. So, so does do you does his do his words make you think that they can influence Patrick Kane's mentality, Alex DeBrinket's mentality, anything like that? I would say, you know, one thing I'll say about Patrick Kane, the player, is that he's kind of the same guy every night. You don't, you know, he is a consummate pro when it comes to playing hockey. He just goes and does his thing. He is reliable. He is dependable. And yeah, he doesn't play the same style of Taves. 
where he's going into corners and winning pucks. But I think as long as Patrick Kane is playing, he's going to he's going to provide the level of effort that he's always done. And I don't see him getting frustrated with a rebuild or mad about anything. He just kind of keeps his head down and goes and plays. And I think he gets it. And that's a guy who a lot of people sort of envision as um, somebody when his playing days are over will move into a front office role. He's huge into analytics. He knows everybody in the league, what they do, what, what they're good at, what they're bad at. He is really plugged into the league as much as any player that I've ever seen. So I think with that in mind, he kind of gets it. He gets how it works. And look, he knows the reality of the Blackhawks better than anybody, right? Uh, he's been part of this thing for years. And while Taze was taking the year off, and I'm not criticizing that, but when Taze was taking the year off, Patrick Kane was still here and he was still dealing with that. And he knows the reality of the Blackhawks situation, but I have no concerns in, in terms of Patrick Kane, whether or not he's going to go out and do his best. I think he always gives solid effort. And it's for me, it's not a concern. I'll probably say maybe probably an unpopular opinion, but you asked, you know, do you worry that this mindset creeps into Patrick Kane? I kind of hope it does. Because I'm not, I love Patrick Kane and everything he's done, but if you're going to do a rebuild right, getting a haul this summer for Patrick Kane is how you do it. I mean, there's pros and cons to keeping him. There's pros and cons to trading him. But at this point, let's see what you can get for him this summer. You know, let's call up the Rangers and see how much they want to get him and Panarin back. Um, so he's the he's that ultra competitive guy too. He knows what's going on. I think he's as Jay mentioned is more plugged in. Probably not caught off as gar- you know as right. much off guard, um, so it's again up to him completely. But I think I could see him both wanting to stay because this is his home. This is all he know. He knows he's got his young family here, but I could also see him being well. I I want to win again because losing stinks. And um, but I kind of hope he starts thinking about hey, let's see where I can go and and get some assets here. This is what it's about right now. Wins and losses don't matter. Uh, that's a that's a hefty contract to have on a rebuilding team, so we'll see what happens. And speaking of the Rangers, they did in fact just uh, acquire Tyler Mott for a 2023 fourth round pick. Championship. There, yeah. Rangers making a go. May, Rangers making a go for it. I know that makes one person in our chat room very happy. So. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks like uh, also an extension here in uh, Carolina. It's very cocked Niami getting an eight-year extension with uh, the Hurricanes. That's coming from Kevin Weeks. Wow. Man, he's all over it. Yeah. Kevin Weeks is just... Well, this is why I wanted him to be the next Blackhawks general manager. Yeah. There's nobody more in tune with today's NHL than him right now. I feel like I haven't heard any human being saying Kaka Niemi more than Kevin Weeks. I don't <laughs> know. I, it's weird. Like I, I hear his voice saying that name. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just been a long morning. It's a fun. It's a fun word to say. So yeah. it just rolls right off the tongue. Oh, it just yeah. like butter. So we are two minutes away from the uh, the trade deadline coming to a close. Blackhawks still currently hold on to Calvin DeHaan, Ryan Carpenter, Dominic Kubalik, um, Eric Gustafson still on the roster. Uh, it's uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we got another another hour here. We'll see what uh, what trickles through at the deadline, but. If there's if they have one move left, who are you who are you putting uh, putting a bet on, on on points bet for? Calvin DeHaan. Yeah, I, I still think it's DeHaan. Go. According to Michael Russo, the great uh, wild reporter for uh, the Athletic, 
he just tweeted out the Minnesota Wild do have one more trade coming. So let's see what that is. Maybe interesting. Maybe they circled back to Chicago and said, "Hey, yeah, what'd you give us for this guy?" So I don't know. We'll yeah, see. We'll see what happens. This is yeah. The the deadline is just about here, under a minute, but that doesn't mean it's over. So hopefully we get a couple of those late trickling ins because if it's just Hagel and Flurry. As much as I liked both of those moves, it will be kind of disappointing that it's not enough. Couldn't get yeah, you couldn't get more. But let's let's pump the brakes on that and see what we got going here. And if you're uh, enjoying today's show, uh, we hope you are. If you enjoy all of the CHGO uh, content that we bring you across the board, whether it's Blackhawks, Bulls, Cubs, Sox, uh, the Sky, the Bears. All the, all the shows and great content that we have. One way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use the code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets for up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, just email PointsBet at allchgo.com, and we'll be happy to help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is now available in Illinois, so you can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I used my deposit bonus to put 50 bucks on the Panthers to win the Cup. Then they traded for Claude Giroux. So I'm pretty that, happy with that. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, happy with that that's trade. That's not a that's not a bad uh, not a bad move. There's no doubt about that. Um, for the last few days, all of our insiders should have just been tweeting out uh, the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning are interested <laughs> in everyone. The, the, the arm the arms race as from a from a spectator standpoint, the arms race between those the, the two teams of Florida was just awesome to watch. I think it's it was definitely fun to see. Uh, I I really hope they can't they play wait each for other. A, a, the only thing that I hate about that is because I hate the current divisional playoff format. If we get Panthers Lightning, it's gonna be in the second round. Yeah, the best two teams in the East don't yep. face each other in the conference final. I hate that, but uh, give me that in any round. Give me seven games of that. Inject it right yeah. in my veins. That's gonna be a fun series. Hopefully, we get to see it. Well, I know we have the whole off season to discuss these sort of things, but. You know, the whole point of that playoff format was to grow rivalries, and I don't feel like it's done that. No. I, you know, no. more, I feel like the old format, when the Hawks were playing Vancouver every year, you know, for instance, that did more to grow a rivalry than this does. I, you're already rivals with your division rivals. Right. right. That, it's natural. You play, play them so often. Right. Of course, you don't need a playoff series to, to make that happen. I just... Yeah. I, know, I think it's time to maybe reconsider it, that. It, that worked in the 80s and 90s when you had the Norris division and the Campbell and all that stuff because those teams stayed together for 8, 9, 10 years. Guys move around way too often. You know, we don't have a rivalry with the Canucks anymore, not, not just because we don't play them in the playoffs anytime soon, but none of those guys that were on those teams were there two years later. Right. Same thing with the Wild. We had a nice rivalry with the Wild, playing them a couple years in the playoffs. None of those guys are there after two years. So if you if you, you can't have major rivalries, if, yeah, sure, we play this team four years in a row in the playoffs, but it's a different team every year. 
rivalries are based on hatred of like sp- specific players. Yeah. And if that guy is gone, the guy that ended your season one year is not on that team the next year, then you kind of lose a little bit of that hatred. So yeah, just go back to the one, one, the eight. I'd be even fine. Like get rid of the conferences one through 16 top to bottom reseed after each round. Why do we need conferences? I, mean, I get them for the regular season for travel, but come playoff time, let's get weird. I love that format last year where you had, yeah. you know, weird. For, I mean, look at the Montreal Tampa Stanley Cup final. That's about as weird as you get. Um, I'm fine with that. Let's get something new, something fresh. Yeah, I'm I'm down with any sort of experimental changes uh, to the playoff format. And look, I liked this divisional concept when they announced it, but I don't, I just think it just is not. It is not developed into what they thought, and too often I feel like this is too good of a matchup to be happening this soon. Right. Because every year we get it. Yeah. Every mm-hmm. year we get the top two teams. Vegas and Colorado. Always in the second right. round. You know, how many years did we get Pittsburgh-Washington in the second round? You know, yeah, and that prime, became, that became, Crosby, the, Ovechkin. That became was, the narrative. It was always yeah. second round when it was they were the top two teams in the conference. And how much better is that as a conference final? It's so much better. Oh, yeah, for you know, sure. For, on a hundred levels, not only for the fans, but the league. Yeah. Here's Crosby versus Ovechkin for... Chance to go to for, play for the yeah. cup. Yeah. I mean, Tampa, Tampa, Florida, uh, Panthers, that's, that's a matchup worthy of a conference final, not a second round winner goes and plays you know the rangers or whoever you know that's winner wins the conference that's what it should be for the best two teams yep so we are officially beyond the uh trade deadline now as it has uh passed 2 p.m a couple of things trickling through here these both coming from uh, pierre lebron of the athletic uh not trades but trades that did not happen pk suban stays put with the devils and Jacob Chikrin not moving from the Coyotes. So two names from Arizona that I think a lot of people were expecting to uh, potentially be on the move with Jacob Chikrin and Phil Kessel. They will stay in uh, in the desert beyond uh, beyond today. So uh, and, uh, keep we an saw eye the, on that. The Coyotes' pri- price for Chikrin went up as the day Ridiculously was going on, which high. is a strange business plan at the deadline. But maybe they're thinking, here's a, here's a wild thought, by the way, for the Coyotes. Maybe keep some good players. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. You don't have don't to know. get rid of all your players. Like, try to be a good team. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you got a four thousand seat arena to fill the next couple of years. <laughs> get some, get some marketability, get all out that there. revenue. <laughs> yeah. All right, I got to do the fat guy thing here. This is for the uh, video audience only. I got to hoist myself up on this chair, <laughs> so uh, everyone's gonna enjoy. Oh, good. T- put the camera <laughs> yes. on me. Solo camera. Thank you very much, Lawrence. As I'm gonna find. Hey, you know, just you know what? It, you asked it. for it. You're gonna get it. There we go. <laughs> Producer of the oh, year, right yeah, here. Yeah, there we go. Oh, got it. <laughs> that looked good in the single. I like that. There, ice there we go. Good. And my feet don't touch the ground. I'm like a little toddler here. I'm like the old SNL bit with the workout guys yes. with the tiny little legs. <laughs> yes, the yeah. uh, the Hans and Franz. That's the uh, the the thirty six thirty inseam in full effect right there. <laughs> yeah, these chairs are not uh, not beneficial to, to, <laughs> to the vertically challenged, yeah, especially at a two hour trade deadline special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. got to get comfortable. Uh, some some trades are starting to trickle through here. It looks like Philadelphia is sending Derek Broussard to Edmonton. And uh, multiple reports now uh, coming in. Ricard Raquel from Anaheim to the Penguins. That's a nice deal for the pe- Penguins. Yeah, Little so we'll, we'll Rochelle, have to see what the, to Pittsburgh. We'll have to see what the return <laughs> is. Looks like Chris Johnston is saying it is a prospect and a second-round pick. So that was a, you know that was a team with in Pittsburgh that I thought might be a dark horse for a player like uh, like a Dominic Kubalik to get some get some scoring, 
uh, potential in in the middle of their lineup uh, was something that they that that Pittsburgh was was looking for. Um, looks like they will be uh, addressing that with Ricard Raquel, uh, reportedly second round pick and a prospect. So yeah, we're gonna see some uh, some trades now start to trickle through. So we'll see if the uh, if the Blackhawks actually made uh, any deals with with Kubalik or Dahan or Carpenter. Um, I think it, I think hopefully that is the case. Uh, like we said, just Hagel, just Flurry. It's nice. It's great. It's your you know. Two, two of your, your biggest pieces that were out in the rumor mill. Um, and it's it's good to see Kyle Davidson be aggressive like that. But if that's it, it's it's a little underwhelming. Yeah, it is. It's, it's uh, yeah, missed opportunities. But let's see here. You know, uh, Mark Spector is reporting that the Oilers are acquiring Derek Broussard. Uh, if I'm reading that correct. Yeah, I just said that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was too busy reading it as yeah. you said it. Never mind. So let's uh, let's edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> the okay. Hawks yeah. ruined a trade deadline. Let's be honest. They traded Flurry too soon. That was the uh, the pick that everybody yeah, was waiting that, on all day, and it happened like almost. I think we walked. It happened at nine thirty or so. Like 10, 10 o'clock. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 it was it, all it took was Mario to go to the bathroom for that trade to break. Because as soon <laughs> hey. as you walked away from your computer. The, I didn't the go to the bathroom or make coffee. I was, I was looking doing. to, uh, I was looking to make a pot of coffee. There you go. And I, I, I can't bash the brand of the coffee maker because I, I, I don't know what it is. But that coffee maker sucks. <laughs> I have no idea how it works. It's too, it's too difficult to try and just make a simple pot of coffee. I, there's so many contraptions. Gotta get a Keurig. Little. I don't know if it's a Keurig or not. It, it can do the little pods. Thanks, Lauren. It's not. It's not a Keurig. It can it can do the little pods, which is fine. But I was trying to make a pot, trying to ma- you know be the 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 good employee in the yeah. office and keep everyone you know caffeinated. And this stupid thing wouldn't. The water was just going directly into the pot. It wasn't going through the 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 grounds. And you had to slide this thing and and remove this and and make sure this is closed. And I think I broke the thing. Oh, I don't know. Boy. I'm very uh, frustrated. So if we have anybody from the Keurig marketing department watching, <laughs> we are gladly take a free maker and, and uh, pimp you guys out on our show. No yeah, problem. we'll talk good about it. And this yeah. has been the coffee talk segment. Hey, on the we NHL got two hours to fill deadline. up here and the Blackhawks hey, haven't made any special. trades. So I might, I might have broke the coffee. thing, but I still got some coffee out of it. So. <laughs> you just crush beans and poured water over them. <laughs> I will say, though, first day here at CHGO, the bathroom's pristine. Really nice. Got the floor to ceiling doors for privacy, but they got the slats so it can breathe a little bit. Very nice, very nice. Good job with the bathroom. This is the last two hour Blackhawks <laughs> yeah, podcast. Ever. Uh, Mario, I'm with January. She says, "Read the instructions." Come on. No, no, the instructions take too much time. I need my coffee, and I'm uh, gonna figure it out by okay. Neanderthaling the machine until it works or breaking it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It looks like I, 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 I should have got the I box of Joe it. from from. Duncan this morning to solve that problem but yes oh we got some Hawks news here Elliot Friedman Chicago and Calgary talking Ryan Carpenter as the deadline hit there you go so there you go a a, a solid team in the west a really good that team in the a west really good pickup for Calgary Looking they're, to they're already a team that's hard to play against uh and that would make them even tougher to uh to play man imagine having having to go up against the line with Lucic and Carpenter out there. I mean, you're going to have some bruises when you leave when you leave a game against the Flames. Calgary's definitely going for it because looking at their at their cap friendly here, they do not hold their first round pick this year. They do not hold their third or fourth or sixth this year, and they do not hold their third or fifth next year. So, 
if we're looking, if we're trying to, you know, think what could Calgary give up for a Ryan Carpenter, uh, if it's a draft pick this year, not going to be their second round pick. I think that that just toss that out the window. So it might be their fifth this year, um, could potentially be their fourth or sixth next year. Uh, but Calgary, yeah, they're, they're, their team is going to be very difficult to, uh, to contend with. Um, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see if that if that ends up going anywhere. I think, uh, yeah, Ben, ben might have jumped the gun, but I if I if, if Friedman's saying it, I think there's a little bit more uh, a little bit more cachet to that one. If I was not suddenly a lifelong Minnesota Wild fan, I would be rooting <laughs> for the Calgary Flames in the playoffs. Only for those their awesome uniforms. I want every game to go seven, every series to go seven, so I can watch them that many times mm-hmm. in those glorious uniforms. Oh my god! The fact the fact they ever changed and added black to those uniforms was terrible. I don't know what the you know the the trend of like making colors more drab. When we were talking about the best hats, you mentioned Toronto, Hartford. People like bright colors and primary colors. You don't need to do navy and gray and like the Dallas Stars are a great example of when they wore basically black and gold with like this much green. Mm-hmm. Then they figured it out. Like, Hey, let's bring the green back. And people were like, hell yes. Yeah, it works. Those jerseys look great. I will wear that. Um, th- this is another off season topic, right? But the best uniforms are simple. Absolutely. You know, and Calgary's are outstanding. They're, they're the, one of the best in the league. We got a uh, pair of Brune is, is uh, reporting that the Carolina hurricanes, Made a late push for Max Domi right at the deadline. Not sure if they got a deal done or not. Um, Max Domi. That's the guy we kind of mentioned during our little chats before we got on the air. We're kind of like, eh, if his last name wasn't Domi, would he be traded every trade deadline? Yeah. I don't know. Is he Vinny Henestrosa? I'd rather have Vinny Henestrosa. You know, is he Drake Kajula? Yeah. A healthy Drake Kajula? Yeah, I, I could I could see that comparison being made. I mean, he's he does still have some some higher offensive touch than, than those guys do. But yeah, I, like you said, if his name if his last name wasn't Domi, I don't think he'd get the kind of attention that he has in right. his career so far. Um, still, I mean, still a player that I think if, if he's on your team, he obviously plays with an edge. Sure, obviously has you know some some uh, abilities to contribute offensively. But yeah, I mean, he's I don't think he's as top tier in the in the league as as a lot of people perceive him to be and it is it is max domi to carolina both per lebron and uh elliot friedman so people were wondering when Her- the hurricanes would make a deal they were a team that definitely are going to make a push in those eastern conference playoffs and they get a they get a depth piece in max domi so we'll see how, if that's finally the place he <laughs> i wonder why it is it that out. he just can't seem to stick anywhere yeah i don't know I, I can't put it. I can't put my finger on it. I, I mean, wonder. I wonder if it has something to do with overinflated expectations because of his name, because of where he was picked, all those sort of things. But like you said, still a decent player. I mean, yeah. every team is is better off for having a Max Domi on it, at least on the ice. I don't know. I don't want to speak out of turn here, but I feel like, like in the back of my mind, there's been some off ice. Like he's just not not like a not, bad guy, not, but not easy to deal with. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's I mean, be something could be. to that. I mean, I'm not. I, I don't know. So I, I a young player to get traded as many times as he has. That, yeah, that usually tells me there's something we're not being told going on. But who knows? Kind of reminds me a little bit of Alex Kachelnuk, who they've actually been traded for each other at one point in their yeah. career. He's Perfect another trade. guy that had a ton of what third overall pick was Gachelnuk, and now he's yeah, in the he running was. to play for every NHL team before his career is <laughs> over. Um, you know, so, the, yeah. 
Yeah, he's he's kind of kind of in that in that same category. I yeah, mean, where you get a name attached to some expectations, and when those expectations aren't met, then it's just kind of like, well, he still has potential. But at what point does a player go from not have from still having potential to just being? He is what he is. Well, look at some of the players that have gone through the Blackhawks system that are that have kind of figured out in, in different areas after a couple different stops. Ryan Hartman, yeah, uh, Anthony Duclair. I mean, these are these are guys that. You know, at, at different points, were had were top tier prospects and and players with with bright futures ahead of them, and have played on multiple teams and have sh- shown flashes or whatnot. And then all of a sudden, for whatever reason, just maybe the the right teammates, the right locker room atmosphere, the right organizational um, mindset, it just it just clicks with them. It could be it could be you know relationship with coaches. I mean, there's a lot of different things that that go into players either you know reaching their potential or being perceived as a bust. Well, the other, the other thing too is, and, and we're sort of spoiled here in Chicago where so many top prospects have panned out right away. Obviously with Taves and with Kane, but even Brandon Saad mm-hmm. was a, was picked and playing right away. To so it's to bring it too. Yeah. It take, ta- I think Tavo Teravainen is a good example because when he was here, I know, I know there's groans around the oh, studio. That just my special boy table, my right favorite. Right to the subcockles of the heart. But there was a lot. There were a lot of. There was there was bust conversation around him when he was on the Hawks. He's not the guy everyone says he is. He hasn't lived up to those standards. And it was true to that point. But you saw those moments. You saw those flashes. And then maybe it was getting out of the spotlight of being that high of a pick with those expectations that helped him. Or it could just be that some players take time to develop. Ryan Hartman is a great example. Ryan Hartman has figured out what it's going to take for him to have success in the NHL, and he's having a career year, and it doesn't seem flukish to me. It seems like he's just put it together. So when you think about Kirby Doc and Ian Mitchell and other prospects the Hawks have, it's important to remember that not everybody is Kane or Taves or Debrinket or Sod. If you were around for Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook's early years. It wasn't pretty. It was not. But there, there were some really tough nights where I, I thought neither of these guys can play a lick. Right. And it takes time. So patience, is, as we enter a rebuild here, um, remember that patience. Remember it takes guys. It, it not People don't develop at the same pace. And I think that was one of the biggest faults of Stan Bowman is he had zero patience when it came to his young players. Um, you know, Tabo is a guy that got out of here right away. Henry Jokiaru, yeah. Adam Boquist. I mean, we can list a whole bunch of guys. Gustav Forsling. You know, uh, how much of that was, hey, doesn't fit our coach at the time or whatnot. But, mm-hmm. you know, Tavo, yeah, he probably needed some more time to to develop. But, man, they put him with other skilled players, which is such a weird concept to me that you would hmm. put a skilled player with other skilled players instead of trying to make him a third line forward. But, you know, what do I know? I'm not a <laughs> Hall of Fame coach. Yeah. But, but, but all those names you, re- you rattled off, too. There were people in town who were floating the word bust around all of right. them. And the, uh, the thing that I have, can appreciate so far from what we've seen is Kyle Davidson seems to already have more patience with young players than Stan Bowman ever had. Just look at what they've done with Lucas Reichel this year, um, he, who, is, who has been the, the guy in Rockford. And to me, being the guy in Rockford for an entire season is way more beneficiary to his overall big picture development than playing nine minutes a night in Chicago. Yeah, and not contributing much. Got a little note here. Uh, ben Pope retweeted this. Luke Fox, uh, NHL writer for Sportsnet, this tweet two minutes ago, Kyle Dubas, Toronto GM, 
not happy the flurry conversation went public. He said that's a question for Kyle Davidson. Yeah, so I I was uh, I was I saw that come across the wire too. I was looking into that. Apparently Davidson was on Trade Center uh, on on TSN and was uh, was pretty. Dubis was Kyle Dubis. Yeah, yeah. was was pretty upset with with Kyle Davidson, um, and the fact that the conversations that happened between Chicago and Toronto about a potential flurry Hagel mega trade was actually leaked to the media. Um, so that's that's interesting. I, I, I think Ky, I think you know we we've talked a lot about you know Kyle Davidson making some moves in his in his first uh, first month as as GM and maybe this was uh, a move that ruffled some feathers and I mean if you're looking at a at a team like Toronto that was obviously in the goalie market I don't know why you can be too upset that a conversation about Mark Andre Fleury got leaked well it it doesn't necessarily mean that Kyle Davidson's the one leaking it right. But we do have a Hawks trade to report. Frank Saravelli from Daily Faceoff. Ryan Carpenter to Calgary in exchange for a 2024 fifth-round pick. 2024. So there you go. I mean, that's not a huge return, but you shouldn't expect a huge return for Ryan Carpenter. That's a Ryan Carpenter trade. That's about what you expect to get. Um, To go go back to that Dubas conversation, uh, as as you know, if you've listened to the past couple of shows, I'm not the biggest fan. Lawrence, do we have a a, a crying baby sound effect (laughs) we can maybe play there? I mean, that's a guy that has obviously got a glockenspiel. He's not he's he's probably more upset that he's had to take a beating from Toronto media for not having the stones to actually pull that trade off. I'm sorry. I like that you went from crying baby to glockenspiel. I just look at, at my sound effects it's board. You know, same same what we got here. Isn't German? Isn't glockenspiel translate to crying baby in German? I don't, I don't no. know, but we're gonna but play it now, and we'll see what let's, we think. Let's, about. Right, let's do it. I like that. Yeah, that's not really that, a crime. See, that baby. should be our trade alert. Oh, uh, I like yeah. that as trade alert. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Right. Ryan Carpenter, fifth round. There you go. Ryan Carpenter for a 2024 fifth yeah. round pick. I want to get back to the Dubis thing though, because as a fan of a team. I don't want my GM crying about stuff. Right. I don't want my GM publicly calling out another GM or saying, like, oh, I wish that hadn't gotten out. Well, it, it is what it is, man. Like, you're the Toronto Maple Leafs GM. This is what you signed up for. Right. People right. are going to well, know your business. People are going to be in your business. So it doesn't mean that Kyle Davidson's like, hey, look what I tried to do. No. Things get out. People know stuff. It's not one-on-one, these dealings. Right. Um, so a scout could know. A, it could have been somebody GM. from his own organization. That Absolutely, that it could have been that. It could have been someone under his watch who was pissed yeah. it didn't get done. Exactly. And then, hey, Steve Simmons, what are you doing? Here's yep. this I got for you. Yeah. For example, Steve Simmons. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not the biggest Dubas fan. And, um, you know, he can cry off season when he's unemployed after the Leafs get knocked out in the first round again because he didn't trade for a goalie. You know, they're going to have to play Tampa most likely in the first round. Good luck. And if you're going to go in there with Jack Campbell. Or Eric Schalgren. Or Eric Schalgren or whoever, whatever guy off the street. they Peter Morazic. Sure. Joseph Wool. Sure. You can cry about the, the trade rumors getting leaked out when you're collecting an unemployment check in July. Because he's feeling the heat. And, and, and I know just by based on Leafs Twitter, he's not doing a good enough job. I mean... I, mean, I don't think I don't think anybody can do a good enough job to to make that entire fan base happy. But don't be mad at at that coming out. Be mad that you didn't get a deal done because that that was right there for you. And I think the 
the problem that the Maple Leafs had going into this trade deadline, one, obviously they don't have a lot of cap room to work with. So you have to get creative if you're going to be, you know, making major splashes. But it also seemed very evident that they had... What's that? I'm saluting major splashes. Sorry, <laughs> okay. I was like, I was like, I was like, who's here? I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. but I don't know um, why that tickled me as much. As <laughs> that was that was one for the YouTube crowd. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, it seemed like you know it. They they were trying to uh, trying to add without giving up too much, and it, and and Dubas had said that he doesn't want to give up one of his first round picks. Doesn't want to. Doesn't want to move, you know, top prospects like a Matthew Nyes or 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 Nick Robertson, but like we've discussed before, it's look at what the Blackhawks did in 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 their run. Look at what you know some of these teams. Look at what the Tampa Bay Lightning are doing. They're giving up those assets because it's about winning Stanley Cups. And sometimes your windows are open wide, and sometimes they're open very very narrowly. The Maple Leafs theoretically have had a wide window to get some Stanley Cup playoff success. And they've had a roster that, you know, a few holes here or there. But, you know, if you're not doing anything to 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 fill those gaps, you're not going to get beyond the first round. And that and then we've seen that Ed, for, what, Edmonton, five, six years in a row? Edmonton, take, Edmonton takes a beating for wasting the prime of Connor McDavid's career. You're wasting the prime of Austin Matthews' career. You haven't got out of the first round yet with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and William Nylander on your team. Some of that has to do with they've underachieved. Yeah, but you got to get, you got to do. It's not hockey is not a one line sport. Right. If it was, the Oilers and the Leafs would be playing in the Stanley Cup final every year. But yeah, it's but at some point you've got to go for it. You've got to bite the bullet and say we are this away from a cup, or at least thinking we got a really good chance. And look, you said it earlier. Tampa or Florida is going to take each other out, right? So right. maybe that eases the path for Toronto. I, I just – the fact that what we saw the Hawks get for Marc-Andre Fleury, that the Leafs could not beat that deal, right. that's, a, that's a, a failure a by Kyle Dubas. A second-round pick with a condition on it. As I, yeah. Yeah, as I said a couple of days ago, that's a scared GM, and scared GMs don't win Stanley Cups. Yeah. I made the analogy, Jay, I'm sure you're going to agree with me. When the Cubs won the World Series in 2016, I did not care if they ever won another game in the history of their franchise. <laughs> That's correct. And I guarantee you, the majority of the Toronto Maple Leafs fan base, it feels the same way. They're tired of hearing about 1967. They are tired of first-round exit and being the laughing stock of the NHL. They're tired of having their hearts broken. They don't give a crap about the first-round pick in 2023 or 2024. Nope, they want to win. They, they yep. want to win the Stanley Cup now. They would sacrifice. An, they would give everything for the future of their franchise. They don't need to win another game to win a Stanley Cup in 2022. And if you can't make those moves, you don't deserve your job. Well, and, you brought up a really good Felix point. Felix Potvin is not walking through that door. <laughs> All right. Well, he, oh, he might. The cat. The cat. Yeah, you know, he might. Where's, he what's what's Cujo? Curtis Joseph yeah. doing these days? I don't know. Two two of the coolest helmets ever, by the way. Yes. Cujo and, and Felix. But um, yeah, you know, it, you mentioned the Cubs thing and. When the Araldus Chapman trade happened, a lot of people were had mixed emotions about it because of his off the field record and, and giving up Torres. Yeah, you know, giving up the cost, but you won the World Series, so it doesn't yep. matter. Yep. I mean, I got to see the Cubs win a World Series. I put Cubs baseball cards in both my grandfather and father's caskets because they never got to see it. I got to see it. Don't, I didn't care about any of those prospects we had to give up, and yep. I, I think there's a lot of Maple Leaf fans that are in that same boat, 
and uh, they're not getting what they want as far as a big spot. I mean, Mark Giordano's a nice, but well, he's going to help them a lot. Th- yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Uh, but Giordano you still got a big Blackwell. hole in goalie, and as we know in the playoffs, you got to have that goalie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're if you're today saying who's our starting goalie for game one of the playoffs, you're not going to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, right. Yeah, you don't first round have any first round meeting with Tampa Bay. Andre Vasilevsky versus Jack Campbell. Mm. Who are you betting on in points bet? Hmm. Yeah. I think. Yeah. We'll get back. <laughs> let me, to let me marinate on that one a little <laughs> yeah. bit. I will say though, one exception was Antony Niemi. True. That was sort of a weren't mm-hmm. really sure yeah. who was going to. There, there have been exceptions, but you really, you really would much rather have the proven commodity. Correct. But do you, but yeah, but I I think do you look at the at the Leafs team the same as the 2010 Blackhawks in no. the way that they could. No, the, the roster they could no put those together. twenty the twenty ten and the twenty thirteen Blackhawks made life easy for their goaltenders because they always had the freaking puck. Mm-hmm. Yep. Your goalie yep. doesn't have to do much when your team is in the other end of the ice. You know, eighty percent of the night. Right. Yeah. So I yeah I think you know the 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 way that the that whole thing between Dubas and Davison goes out. I mean whatever. Kyle's have a have a different different kind of personality from the rest of us. So we'll see how they uh, <laughs> how, how they. How they uh, they iron it out? Uh, Jake DeBrusque not traded, by the way. He's not traded. He did. It did have a, a two-year, four million dollar AAV extension signed with the Bruins. A lot of people speculated that was early this morning. Uh, a lot of people speculating that could have been a sign and trade deal. Uh, but yeah, it looks like it was just a sign. Pretty crazy. We're talking two months ago that Dylan Strome for Jake DeBrusque was the perfect, sensible trade to make in the world, and now both of those guys. Are staying put through the season. DeBrusque gets a, an extension, and the I I think giving Dylan Strome that same type of extension is the right move for the Blackhawks after what yeah, we've seen. Yeah, I you know, especially now where he'll be playing top line minutes, he's established that chemistry with Kane and DeBrinket, uh, and and like I mean, look, we talked earlier about Patrick Kane's analytical mind, and he's basically said, see. <laughs> when, when you play Dylan exactly. Strong in the top six, for two years he can we, produce. For two years we've been screaming, why isn't he playing with DeBrinket? And he only produces with those guys. Okay, then play him then play with him those there. guys. Don't make him a fourth-line center because that's not him. Putting guys in position to succeed, it's such a strange concept. It's amazing how much it works. Yeah, Derek, Derek King's has a, has, he has a, a, seems like a more simpler approach to – don't overthink it. It's not that Jeremy hard. Are you implying that Jeremy Cowan overthought things? A little bit. Yeah. How dare you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> a little yes, bit. yes. Letting hockey players just go be instinctual is usually a good recipe for success. Uh, the, the second you have guys out there trying to think too much on the ice on where they need to be, they all stand in the same spot and watch the puck get behind their goalies. So. And, that you know, not to rehash the Jeremy Cowan era, but I remember a few years ago, Duncan Keith, when he was on the Hawks, was on Spitting Chicklets. And basically said, like, the thing I loved about Q was he just let us go play hockey. Mm-hmm. He let us just do what we were good at and trusted us. I remember that. And he yeah. said something like, whereas now, I sort of feel like <laughs> I have to think about everything. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, Making yeah. professional athletes think is never the best strategy. It's just, just not. Let them be it's instinctual. Just, it's not rocket science. Ice. Yeah. Let them know. Let, let people do what they're good at and call it a day. Yeah. Well, you know? we talk a lot about points bet on here, and we've. We, you know, we've talked about our, our bets before and how they've uh, how they've impacted our our lives and our, our bank accounts. Uh, we have another sponsor that has joined us. Athletic Greens has another impact on our life and on the uh, on our on our gut health. 
Uh, they've come on as a sponsor, and they've got a uh, product that they're very proud of. It's their AG1 formula. Uh, I've been using it since uh, since they've come on, and it's it's definitely been uh, an impact on my daily uh, daily energy. Their AG1 formula is designed to improve your gut health, optimize your immune system, and give you more natural energy. One scoop of that, and you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. Uh, and it's good for all different kinds of diets, whether it's gluten-free, dairy-free, vegan, paleo, keto, whatever it is, AG1, uh, you are clear for takeoff. Uh, easy to, it's easy to incorporate into your life, no matter how busy you might be. It's a small once-a-day habit with big benefits. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop, uh, one scoop in a cup of water every day. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Blackhawks. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Blackhawks and take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I uh, want to qu- get a few uh, moves here that are coming in as we uh, as we get now 30 minutes after the trade deadline. A couple more moves going uh, from Detroit to Texas. Vladislav Nemexnikov is going uh, to say the that stars. name three times fast. <laughs> Vladislav Nemesnikov. Uh in exchange for a fourth round pick. Um, as you guys said, Jake DeBrusque is staying in Boston um, and. On the AHL waiver wire, we mentioned Kale Morris was uh, being brought up to the Ice Hogs. It looks like Colin Delia is the goaltender that has been sent to the Blackhawks, whether that's paper transaction or an actual transaction. We'll find out. I think it's probably going to be the actual transaction. Yeah, that makes sense. Given that, as far as we know so far, 30 minutes after the deadline, they have not acquired any goaltenders. So that'll be good to see uh, Delia back in the NHL. Him and Lankinen will be... Uh, Probably competing for a, a contract. I feel, maybe. I feel like the 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 peaches and herbs song reunited. reunited. <laughs> they were quite the tandem for the Ice Hogs. Now they get to finish out the season. Uh, I saw way early in the chat. I, I don't remember who it was about the the Blackhawks goalie pipeline right now, and it's it's Arvid Soderblom. He's the only goaltender yep. in the organization that has a contract for next year. Um, so he's how far away is Camesso? From the NHL. He's at I, least two years. I think he plays more. another year at Boston and then turns pro. Yeah. And we'll he, see if that means going to Rockford for a season or going into the NHL. He's I don't been think he's good, be not kind of great. Player. He's not like at an elite level. I mean, he we'll see. Hopefully he gets to play. Uh, you know, he looked good in, in the little bit of time he got at the Olympics. Uh, he's a guy that should be back at the World Juniors in August when that gets restarted. So that's something we definitely will be keeping tabs on and hopefully have a lot to talk about because there's not much else going on in August when you have yeah. uh, a, a hockey podcast. So um, what's your favorite color? <laughs> we're going to have a whole week on hats. <laughs> Hat week. Hats and, and best office bathrooms we've ever <laughs> we've ever been in um there. yeah I, I i think i think camezzo there's there's a lot He's, of potential and yeah. promise to him I, th- I think a lot of the uh you know the the outside of the organization scouting reports you see about him is that you know he's he's mentally more mature than a lot of other goaltenders in his draft class a lot of other players in general in his draft class so that's good to see um but yeah i think he's gonna have another year in college maybe two 
Yeah. Um, and then, you know, because part of part of his deal is probably seeing how the Blackhawks handled their goaltending situation. You know, if, if what what incentive does he have to come out and, you know, turn pro a year early if he's going to be buried? Right. You know, if, if it's if it's more beneficial to him and his development to stay another two years at Boston um, and, and, and play it out that way and then come to the to the organization, whether it's the Ice Hogs or the Blackhawks, I think is is will remain to be seen. Um, and yeah, I think development is, is one thing that this front office is going to do a little bit differently than the last. Just Thank look, God. Just look how long it took Corey Crawford to yep. finally get to the mm-hmm. NHL. And that paid off pretty well last time I checked. So there's no reason to even start discussing Drew Camesso in the NHL for another two to three seasons. So Or until August you know, when we have that whole week of the Drew Camesso week. <laughs> right, right. Until he, wins, week. until he wins gold at the, at the WJC this year. Um, Delia getting another shot. I think that that guy, you know, he's been a, a kind of a fan favorite. He got, let's be honest, he got screwed last year with the whole taxi squad. He lost a full season essentially. He got screwed with the taxi squad, yeah. and and he got screwed with the acquisition of Mark Andre Fleury. Right. He got screwed with the acquisition of Robin Leonard. Yeah, he's I mean, been. He's, he's, he really, he really has gotten the short end. And of I the feel stick. bad for the guy because he's a great guy. He's mm-hmm. a great guy. He's one. Of, he's been. My time in Rockford, he was always. I always loved it when they brought him out because you knew you were going to get a good quote. You were going to get an honest quote from him. He was very honest last year when he went down to Rockford for a little conditioning stint. He's not happy. I think it's time that you know. I don't. It's obvious he's not part of the long term plans for the Hawks. So. I'm hoping he can come up, get a couple starts in, maybe play good enough to where he can get himself an NHL contract somewhere else. That's a guy, mm-hmm. when you say change the scenery, just wrong goalie, wrong time for the Blackhawks. Um, hey, look at what happened with Anton Forsberg. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you Same could thing. you could have a situation where you go go somewhere else, get an opportunity, and you finally get to, you know, and goalies develop differently Absolutely. than every other Jack player. Jack Campbell is another guy. Yeah. Jack Campbell is a former first-round pick, bounced around for a couple teams, finally gets – you know, to Toronto. Um, so, yeah, Delia, I don't think he's he's going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. I think his time with the Blackhawks will – I can't see him coming back. Um, Lincoln he, needs a new contract. This is his time to prove that he uh, should get one. He or, definitely – if he get, if we, he gives us more starts like we saw against the Minnesota Wild over the weekend, then that helps us you, you yeah. bring him back for a couple years. This is the time to find out. Uh, and then Soderblom is the only guy – um, I like him a lot. I've seen a lot of his games in Rockford. Um, he's been a guy that's been under fire a lot, kept them in a lot of games. I want him to be the main guy down there. So this is a situation that actually helps him because now with Delia up with the Blackhawks, Soderblom's going to be the guy. They were essentially switching off starts between him and Delia and Rockford. Um, Soderblom's a guy that's kind of come out of nowhere. where He wasn't on a lot of radars heading into this season, but he's been very good. Definitely has some potential there. So, you know, ideally, if it was up to me for next season, I would bring in one of these journeyman veteran guys that can start half a season for you. Bring back Kevin Lankinen on a a team-friendly two-year deal, maybe. Mm Mm-hmm. Have those guys split the starts next year? Because you, you, Lincoln is still way young in terms of goaltending. You still could see a lot of progression there. I think it's way too soon to write him off, especially with the year this year. He's another guy that kind of, hey, Marc-Andre Fleury's here. I've gone from being the starter to being the backup. Um, so I do a veteran in Lincoln. In. 
as your 1A, 1B next season, and you let Soderblom get another full season as the number one in Rockford, and then, you know, 23, 24, you see what you got. Maybe you have the Soderblom, Lankinen duo, and then by then, maybe Camesso's time to be part of the order. There's no reason to rush any kind of goaltending right now. Goaltending should be the last. You need to add more pieces. You definitely need some more prospects than just Drew Camesso and Arvid Soderblom. The more prospects you have, the better chance you have at hitting one of these guys. What's, yeah, and one it, of the things that, that Bowman's uh, and his scouts were good at was finding goaltending. From Europe, not in the from draft. From Europe. So hopefully, yeah, exactly. The or for the free agent wire. Of all but, the goalies he drafted, they got one goal, one game, and it was Kent Simpson. Yeah. What was your favorite moment of the Kent Simpson era? That Probably one, the one game he played. That one, that yeah. one save. Simpson, <laughs> eh? <laughs> that, that was awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, he, they've been really good at finding European goalies or guys like Scott Darling. They caught you know, lightning in a bottle there. Um, but yeah, drafting goaltending has not been a priority. I think it should be for the next couple of years. There's a lot of holes to fill. I don't think they have to invest a lot of draft capital and defensemen for their, in the immediate future. I think they got a lot of, they got a got, good future. They've got they, their yeah. defense. Mm -hmm. So, um, and if you were to ask me as far as, Hey, you could start your rebuild with a pretty good defensive core of young guys or a pretty good forward core of young guys. I would take the better defensive core yep. to start a rebuild with because you win from the net out as as those 2010, 2013, even 2015 teams proved. You got to have the defense. So uh, I would invest a couple of mid-round picks in goaltenders the next couple of years. So acquiring some more of these mid-round picks is always good. Well, and look, worse comes to worse if you're a uh, – well – unless you're the Maple Leafs, if you feel like you're a goalie away, <laughs> you just can make that deal in one move. Right. right. You can sign a free agent, you can make a trade, and that problem is solved. Um, the all-star goalie should be the last move you make when right. you're trying to contend. Exactly right. By the way, we are uh, 40 minutes past the deadline passing. Um, trades are still trickling in. We have not gotten the official Hawks are done for the day tweet from anyone on the beat. Uh, and Kyle Davidson has yet to meet the media. Right. Yet. Davidson has not spoken yet. So there is a chance things could still be happening. Uh, names to keep an eye on. Uh, Calvin DeHaan, Dominic Kubalik. Um, but it seems kind of slow right now. Not a, not a ton of huge things happening. So uh, the Hawks may, may very well be done. But we're here for another 20 minutes. So stick with us. Looks and if you got a question, hit up the chat, and we'll we'll do our best to get it answered. This 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 may be uh, an answer to why some of these things are taking some time to come through. This is from uh, I want to see if I pronounce this correctly. Mark Scheig, the uh, uh, hockey cover, hockey writers uh, reporter covering the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. He says uh, he you know in in talking about the Max Domi trade, which apparently looks like it's a three team trade involving Carolina, Columbus, and Florida. As a, as a third team, so okay. it seems like a complicated Can't have a trade without the Panthers this year, apparently. Uh, he says, Yarmo <laughs> Kekalainen says, uh, says, Domi trade call has not been completed yet. Also mentions 33 trades are still in the queue at Central Registry. That's so a that's a lot of trades to come through. Why, why do I picture, like, the only thing that this trade queue is, like, Hans Molman in, uh, in Toronto. <laughs> one, one guy just trying to answer all these calls. Please hold. Trade Central, please hold. Your call is important to us. Like, why do, why does, do I picture? That sounds like an NHL type of deal. In the year of our Lord 2022, <laughs> there's no better way than just, like, some dude by a phone. It's probably still a fax machine. <laughs> Tail yeah. and smudging yeah. it. Yeah. No Chris Gretton for you. There's a there's a reference for the for the old <laughs> people. Those are the diehards. Right yeah. there. All All right. Like so in a two hour show, one hour and forty minutes is is my uh, is my shelf life. I got to do the I got to do the chair shift. <laughs> oh. There you go. 
There we go. I'm holding on to my <laughs> leg for <laughs> dear a little life. Bit better. <laughs> <laughs> if I let go, this thing is taking out the coffee table. My leg has no feeling left. I'll have to be wheeled out of here and dumped into my car. Thank yeah, you. I had to get the blood flow back into my left hip here. It can only sit like that for so long. Yeah, this is this is for the uh, the short guys out there. <laughs> well, hey, we discussed, you know, if it was only Hagel and Flurry, would it feel like a successful trade deadline? I don't know if a Ryan Carpenter uh, fifth-round pick in two years changes anything for you, but... no. I I I am shocked, or I will be shocked, if we get through this day with both Dahan and Kubalik still on a team. Yeah, that feels right. like a miss. If one of those thirty-three trades reportedly still in the queue is not Calvin Dahan, I would be surprised and I would be disappointed. Yeah, I mean, when we talk about assets the Blackhawks have, however you want to rank it, Dahan and Kubalik were two and three. Yeah, you know, and and looking at what teams around the league need, and look, the Max Domi thing. Takes Carolina probably out of the mix for Kubalik. So that's one less team you'll be able to deal with. Um, it just, it almost seems unreasonable that neither of them would go. The Kubalik doesn't, it doesn't get under my skin quite as much because he's an RFA. So they could still trade him in the offseason. True. So yep. you didn't have to get that deal done. But yeah, if you don't get anything for Calvin DeHaan and he signs elsewhere in the offseason, you at least don't get a third round pick for him. That is a, a failed opportunity, a swing in the miss. Um, and a misstep by Kyle Davis. Yeah, I mean, who's done so well? Here, here, here we are saying so many good things about him, and then it's just like, oh, if these are the only deals, it's it right. kind of becomes a little bit disappointing. It's just right because you get that start with Brendan Hagel, and you're like, oh my god, yeah. everybody's gone, and we're gonna get a million first round picks, and then it's like, oh <laughs> boy, yeah. So uh, let's see what happens. The fact that he hasn't met with the media yet. Uh, and they had said he'd be available at 2 p.m. We kind of realistically knew that, but it's 2.45, and he hasn't stepped to the podium yet. That tells me he's still finalizing some things. Yeah, let's up, hope so. An update to the uh, the, pick, the Pittsburgh acquisition of Ricard Raquel. Uh, they will be sending Zach Aston-Reese, Dominic Simone, a prospect yet to be named, and a 2022 second-round pick back to Anaheim just for Ricard Raquel trade uh, trade call not yet done, according to uh, Bob McKenzie, but that is a, I mean, that, that's what, two, two, NH, two roster players, a second-round pick, and a prospect? Oof. That's a lot. not bad. That's pretty, does he still have term, or he's a UFA? He still has term, Raquel? right? I thought he still had another year. I will look that up. Ricard Raquel's erotic journey from Anaheim to Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> well he is, uh, let's see. No, he is, let's see. He's a rental? Yeah, it looks like a rental to no, me. Well, that's that's a hefty cost. He is a rental. That's a hefty cost for a guy that's pretty much underachieved the last season and a half. But okay, twenty eight years old. You got to hope teams panic, you know, and and feel like they have to get something done, and that's where sellers like the Blackhawks can find themselves in uh, advantageous positions. But uh, you know, like we said, we're forty five minutes now past the deadline. So, but hey, I'm confident that one of those thirty three deals is a Blackhawks deal. I would, I would, think, I would so. think so. Even, <laughs> even if it's just one deal per team, that's at least one more, <laughs> one right. more coming back from them. Uh, guys in the chat, I just want a, a couple questions coming through. This one from Nate. Uh, he Nate's says, been active. What prospects do you guys want to see before the end of the year? Now that we're at that point, I want to see uh, Wyatt Kelnick back up. Um, I don't want to see Reichel. No, I don't agree. burn that year. Let him just stay down there and dominate. I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, well, as I mean, many he can he can still play four more games. He's played five. He can still play four. Yeah, give him, yeah, give him maybe give That's him a fine. game. Um, yeah, I agree with the Kalnuk. You know, Ian Mitchell has been fantastic. 
in Rockford, but he's another guy that, hey, maybe let him still do what he's doing. That his, This season has been huge for his development. I think he was a guy that got too much too soon last season. Yeah. And they're, they're handling that right. They've handled Lucas Reichel correctly so far. Um, you know, I hate to break it to Nate, and thank you for all your questions, Nate. You've been uh, awesome in the chat. There's not a whole lot to be like, hey, yeah. I can't wait for this guy to get up. We touched a little bit uh, last night about a guy like uh, Andre Altabamarkian, Michael Tepley. They've had really good seasons with the Ice Hogs. Maybe reward them with a game or two at the NHL Give level. But I don't think there's anybody coming up that's going to play the rest of the season. I think that was the importance of getting uh, Kachuk and Radish is now you got guys to play the rest of the season at the NHL level who are NHL ready, and you don't need to take away from the Ice Hogs. Because, again, they're, they're, it's very important. Derek King said it in one of his post-practice press conferences this past week. Get, the Ice Hogs getting to the playoffs is huge on so many levels, not only for those kids playing down there, but for the organization as a whole. So they're obviously that's a goal for this organization, and I love that. So, yeah, um, not a whole lot. I think coming up. I, I enjoy what I saw in, in short stints from Isaac Phillips. Yeah. I and like maybe him. to a greater extent, Jacob Galvis came in and impressed. So I wouldn't mind seeing them get another uh, yeah, another game or two. But yeah. I, I don't want any of these guys coming up to Chicago playing out the season no. in Chicago. That's detrimental at this point for those guys. But, yeah, we'll reward these guys with a two-game stint and send them back. You know, the, the Ice Hogs, the, the AHL essentially is a, almost exclusively a weekend-only schedule they may have a game on a random tuesday or wednesday so bring them up for one of those thursday night games and play them in, in front of the uc crowd get them some action and then send them back down you can you can play that out pretty well the way you're not you're not removing too much from the ice hogs we're in a rebuild what the ice hogs do is important and right. and i would much rather have isaac phillips playing 22 minutes a night and playing on the power play in rockford than playing nine minutes a night on a third pairing in chicago Right, and I, I think you know we've we've seen a little bit of that throughout the season where the Blackhawks have brought up a player like like an Alec Regula and played him a little bit. They brought up Isaac Phillips uh, a time or two, give him some some minutes. Um, you know they've done it with with Reichel for a few games. Yeah, I, I think I think those you know the defensemen are the guys that are going to be coming in more in the, in the rotation. Um, you know a guy that a guy that's played the last uh, last two games that I'd like to see a little bit more of is Alex Vlasic. I think he really hasn't been able to do anything with less than eight minutes of ice time in, in both games that he's played. I like to see a little bit more of him at the NHL level. Um, see, see what he can, what he can bring to the table. Um, you know, I think we, I think we will see maybe a Josiah Slavin come back up and play a couple games. I, like I, I liked what he, what he showed in his, in his short stint so far. Um, I think what we're going to see, though, from from the Ice Hogs is maybe some players that are a little less consequential to to the Ice Hogs in their in their playoff push will come up and fill some of these roster spots on a, on a longer term basis, like maybe like a Brett Connolly. Yeah. Um, you know, we like like I mentioned, Josiah Slavin might be someone that comes up because um, because yeah, the the Sorry. the push to the the push to the playoffs for for the Ice Hogs is what's going to be most key for them right now. Um, and the, and you know we see with with them bringing in Colin Delia. No offense to Colin Delia, but Arvid Soderblom is the starter in Rockford. He's the one that they're going to ride through the through the end of the regular season and in, and hopefully into the playoffs. So I think that's going to be their their focus. And I don't think we're like we said we're not going to really see any guys come up and play the rest of the season. It'll be you know a couple games here or there, 
multiple guys interchanging in and out, which is kind of what you need to do at this point of the season. That's 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 what you have to do for a period of time where the wins and losses leading up to the deadline, the wins and losses didn't matter. Now they really don't matter because you've you've made your moves, you've you've shipped out the players that you needed to, hopefully all the players that you needed to. Um, and now you're just kind of riding out the last last month and a half, focusing on some development for some guys and making sure that other guys like Alex DeBrinkett, Kirby Doc, and and Patrick Kane, these guys just end the season healthy. And it's, it sounds like Kyle Davidson's getting ready shortly to speak to the media. So, uh, guys, here's a good question from the chat from Reed: What is the hold music at the NHL Trade Central? <laughs> it's got to be the Zamboni song. Right? Oh, yeah. That's exciting. Or the good old hockey game. That would make me stay on hold at least. Yeah, I'd be calling every day. Yeah. Zamboni song. Hit somebody by Warren Zevon. <laughs> there you go. Maybe Not I, the girl from Ipanema just playing <laughs> softly. The, uh, the, the Muzak version of the Zamboni song. Right. It's yeah. probably something by Green Day or something. No, Because like, they're, no, 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 no. they're trying to be hip. No, no, no. Speak, you just took the one word <laughs> I was going to say. It's Toronto. It's got to be a tragically hip song. Yeah. Uh, it's got to go. be a tragically or, hip yeah. song. There you go. Yeah. Or R. Gord. By the way, you mentioned Brett Connolly. Has there ever been a player in the history of sport less impactful, good or bad? He's just like a body out there that doesn't really contribute much positive or negative and just yeah. playing out the career, man. Yeah, I mean, he came to the Blackhawks as like, like oh, maybe he'll maybe he'll do something. He and scored 20 goals once. Yeah, one time. He, he won a Stanley <laughs> Cup. He scored 20 goals in a, in a season once. 20, like, 20 Alex Ovechkin goals. Pucks hit off his skate. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Artemi Nisov made a lot of money yep. playing that game. One thing I will give yeah. Brett Conley credit for, having spent a lot of this season in Rockford, he was a consummate pro. He was took that that reassignment it's like tough. a champ and, and, yeah. and embraced his role at being a veteran leader and has been a big contributor. He spent a lot of the season playing with Lucas Reichel, and that's not a bad thing. Um, he, Lucas Reichel has said many times he's learned a lot from Brett Conley. Uh, about what it is to be a pro and that you know he may not be able to teach him how to skate or shoot the puck better but <laughs> there's a lot to be said of how you handle yourself in the locker room off the ice in the in the maturation pro- uh, process of a young player well, i so mean that, look that, he's had a little bit of value but i get your point on the ice on the ice in the nhl right. level yeah there's not much there but he, it, but being a veteran leader for your top prospect is is not a terrible thing and that's, a, that's you a, wish he was a cheaper veteran <laughs> leader right, for your yeah. top prospect but it is what it is well that's an example at the minor league level of what we were talking about earlier about players that'll be coming to the blackhawks in the next few years at the nhl level to kind of just show the show the the younger players, the ropes of being a pro and, and how to handle yourself and how, you know, just getting, hopefully getting some, you know, some good uh, routines and just learning some good habits at, at the NHL level. And, you know, a guy like Brett Connolly can, can do that in the development process of a Lucas Reichel. Um, so that's, that's, that's good to see that he's had that kind of, th- that he can have that kind of yeah. impact, but yeah, on the ice, Con- Conley's been much. good for that. And then they brought back former Blackhawks prospect, now grizzled veteran Ryan Stanton, who's been yep. a huge, yeah. on a lot of those young defensemen talking to a guy like Wyatt Connick and Isaac Phillips a few times this year, they were always like, man, Stanton has been a coach on the ice. So it was Cody Franzen last year, yeah. and now it's Ryan Stanton. So you need those guys. You really just you wish that you know, they didn't come with a nearly four million dollar cap hit. But again, you can't you can't uh, 
if Henrik Borgstrom was any kind of an NHL player, you can look, you can yeah. be a little happier about Brent Conley. The reason you took Brent Conley was to get Henrik Borgstrom, and that's been a whole. Yeah, speaking, well, speaking fortunately, of Riley no Stillman impact, and Riley Stillman. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. you could, yeah, maybe. He's, I mean, he's been fine. Uh, yeah, when he, when he's awake, he's been great. <laughs> so well, yeah. the, the Conley thing is tough for for a guy who's got that much mileage on him to just go and and finish out his career in Rockford is it's a tough assignment. So to hear that he's been handling it well and with classes, that's commendable because there's a lot of guys who would be like, no, I'm not yeah, doing this. I could just, rattle off a few guys off the top of my head, I'm but sure. I'm not going to do that. I'm sure you don't want to do a Pat Foley Karpatsev thing no, for us today. No, we're way too early Whoa, in the, in the CHGO uh, <laughs> evolution to start right, burying right. people. But uh, there are a few guys, a couple that Blackhawk fans would recognize that have not taken their reassignments as nicely. Um, so, yeah, kudos to Conley for being a pro. A lot of guys could have been like, I'm not doing this. I'll yeah. say one, Victor Stahlberg, because he's not playing anymore. Right. And when he was with Milwaukee, I heard stories that he was uh, a pretty poor influence on That's some of the young shocking. players. So, so uh, handsome, though. He, and he looked yeah. good in white dress shoes. He looks good in everything. <laughs> Victor damn Stahlberg. Yeah. A little note here from Michael Russo. Wild owner Craig Leopold uh, sent his plane to Chicago to pick up Marc-Andre Fleury personally. Well, hey. It's, with, with it's gas a 40-minute trip. <laughs> with, with gas prices, though, today, you know, oil prices, hey, that, that's part of, that, that saves the Blackhawks quite a bit of money for not having to pick up the tab for that last-minute flight. There you go, yeah. Must and be nice. Some Must other be nice. Some other news around the was league. Was he flying uh, into Palwaukee? Where was he flying into? Do we know? <laughs> what is that? Was he flying into Palwaukee or was it Midway, O'Hare? Oh. What I mean, we don't have that yeah. info. Yeah. Five the flight tracker. Five minutes. <laughs> no, uh, no Meg's Field anymore. Looks like the Islanders are signing Zach Parise and Cal Clutterbuck to extensions. What the hell are they doing up there? <laughs> I don't know. They might as well sign Zidane Chara to an extension as yeah. well. Breaking news. Mike. Bossy comes out of retirement. <laughs> uh, looks like Kyle Davidson. Uh, I know we mentioned this. Looks like Kyle Davidson is going to be speaking shortly. No um, live stream, which is kind of surprising. Oh so, yeah, I mean perfect, uh, perfect timing as we are as we are closing up, closing up shop here. Um, looks like uh, Davidson will be addressing the media soon. Um, I'll, be, I'll be interested to see what what he what he has to say. Um, obviously, we're we're still kind of waiting around to see if some some trades trickle through. I I would assume. He's not going to get to the mic until those deals uh, are, are officially um, finalized. That way he can kind of just address everything as a whole. Unless he wants to break his own news. That'd be a, I that'd guess be he, a, could. he could. That'd be a power move right there. Breaking yeah. news per my source. Me. <laughs> me. We also did this. <laughs> We've acquired. He might just come out and, and do like a WWE style uh, rant against uh, Dubas too. Oh, I'd love oh. that. Let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> Hell yeah, hey. brother. It's not my fault you couldn't pull off the trade. I'm coming for you. But hey, just just so everybody knows, as trades come in, and if more co- trades come in once we're off the air, uh, we are publishing on allchgo.com our trade grades and reactions. So as trade comes, you'll get our reaction there. So make sure you check that out as well. And and I would like to say on a side note that is three straight CHGO Blackhawk shows with Hulk Hogan impressions. This is yeah, this is, this is a trend I am liking. It's, it's a it's a. It's a, it's a the Hogan hat trick, brother. You never have too many Hulk Hogan impressions, <laughs> All right, brother. Davidson is currently addressing the media. I have a photo from Ben Pope of Kyle Davidson at a table. There is a microphone and recorders on said table. So it's happening. Well, that's a lonely-looking Davidson. There. No no tie. He's Did you get him a tablecloth? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was surprised that they were going to do this at the practice facility and not at the United Center, but... Um, 
All right, I well, mean, let's that's, before that's, we wrap up, you know, if if this is it, are you satisfied? I got to say I'm not. I think they could have done more, and I think they should have done more. Yeah, not trading to Han for anything, anything is is a is a it's a failure. It's, it's a failure. So you went from a really good start to kind of a disappointing finish. Uh, we'll see here in the next couple of minutes, but it doesn't look like anything else. And yeah, not not moving to Han. That's that's uh, that's a miss. Yeah, it's it's it started out real great and kind of fizzled at the end. I, I think if if Dominic Kubalik and Calvin DeHaan are, are still on this team uh, in the next couple of hours as, as things fi- get finalized, uh, yeah, it, it'll be it'll be underwhelming. I, I think there's definitely um, good things to take from it. I think the the Hagel move and the Flurry trade were necessary. I think they I think they were good returns for for what they could have been for Chicago. But yeah, it's there there was a lot of a lot of moves to be made and, and, you know, you get your two big ones, but even those little deals still make a, still make a difference. And um, yeah, if if they didn't, if they didn't come through, it'll be a little disappointing, but I I am glad to see that in the, in the big picture, Davidson was pretty aggressive with, with moves to, to move the rebuild forward. Yep. So we'll see, we'll see if anything happens with, uh, with Kubelik and DeHaan uh, and, and go from there. A little bit of a follow up here, Ben Pope, Davidson said he's aware of what Kyle Dubas said. He said, quote, that'll be something I address in private with Kyle. They're going to fight. SummerSlam. Fight to the death. I like it. Nice. Hey. Halftime show at next year's NHL All-Star game. Get into the the league and ruffle some feathers and and make your presence known. Exactly. And if it's it's Toronto, screw them. I think that's a universal approach from everybody not in Toronto. Right. (laughs) Sorry, Kyle Dubas. The world doesn't revolve around you. Get your trade done, bro. Love it. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of CHGO Blackhawks. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, My first show, a lot of fun. Yeah. It's really great to be here, guys. I'm excited. Sorry for, uh, you know, leaving you dangling for a couple weeks as I figured things out with Odyssey, but I could not be happier to be here. Uh, that flew out two hours flew by it did that was which good. even though very little happened it flew by which is a great yeah, sign for some, the future of the show to talk about yeah. and thanks to everybody for listening uh thanks to all the madhouse podcast listeners for their patience and for making the jump and we want to remind you chgo blackhawks is presented by points bet use promo code chgo when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars we'll be back late Wednesday night. Slumber parties. And yeah. Thursday night. I'm going to wear my sleeping pajama Yeah, hat. I was going to say, I'm going to show up in some pajamas. CHGO after dark, baby. Yeah. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. All right, <laughs> thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll talk to you late Wednesday night on CHGO Blackhawks.